0: talk live we are at Forkfest fest 2020 welcome to the first episode which we're actually beginning the recording of on monday but you're going to be hearing this on tuesday night that's because during the time that we are at uh, fork fest free talk live is not a live show uh, almost all the rest of the year every single night we are live but here we are live in person so you could actually see us live uh, if you wanted to come by our booth at RV site number 30, right up at the uh, the top of the hill here beautiful Rogers Campground. And in our remote studio, I'm Ian. I'm Aria. So welcome to our show. Uh, there are going to be well over a dozen episodes of Free Talk Live produced yeah. here at, uh, at uh, beautiful Rogers Campground over the next... Two weeks. It will be the longest amount of time that we have spent uh, here at Rogers Campground contiguously. So there were a couple of years where we went to, there was a cannabis festival that happened here. That's sure. thunder. That is. Is it? I it, thought it was just wind. No. on Awnings or
1: tarps. Not no, that's, that's definitely, definitely thunder, thunder right yep. there.
0: Uh, so, uh, <laughs> you know, people just, they like to look at the, the forecast up here and, and worry about it. And, it changes
1: so quickly yeah. and so so suddenly.
0: yeah, that's the way it is up here. and that's the, the old joke about New England is if you don't like the weather, wait five minutes and uh, I know that's probably a joke in a lot of places from what I understand, but I never heard that joke in Florida. i only, I've only heard that joke. Yeah. Since I've heard it about Texas, here. have you? yeah,
1: but I mean it's equally true, especially up here in New Hampshire and I mean up here in the mountains like, Two hours ago, it was brutally
0: hot with the sun bearing down, and yeah. now it's
1: much cooler. And there's a bit of a breeze, and evidently it's thundering.
0: <laughs> yeah, and it's super nice uh, right now. The campground, you know, as you might expect for the first day, there's a lot of setting up going on. There's a lot of people. Uh, I wouldn't say a lot of people. There's some number of people that has uh, that have arrived over the last. What we've been here three hours now. We got here at noon, uh, Eastern Time today, and. Previously on Free Talk Live, as we've broadcast from these campgrounds, uh, we have just jumped in, set the equipment up as quickly as possible, and, and hammered out a show. We're not doing that this time. Uh, y- y- if you're listening to this on Tuesday night, which is when it's going to air, then you know we already had a show Monday that was not here. So the, the, uh, the, the guys that were staying in Keene for some amount of time, Mark and Captain Kickass, hosted the show on monday night so that actually took a little bit of pressure off it made it so we could set up both the canopies and hang the banners and kind of get most of the work done and so now we're just doing the uh, the broadcast part so we got uh, of course days and days that we're going to be up here you should come on up here as well if you care about freedom if you like the idea of actually having a community of people that you can associate with who also like freedom yeah that's invaluable and it's special for sure and what I love
1: about it is that I mean I've I've made one purchase here and it was for Bitcoin it was using Bitcoin right every your vendor here you your lunch yes just you about paid every... with Bitcoin well I paid with Bitcoin cash
0: but oh okay I, the real Bitcoin okay, okay. <laughs> Ooh, I gotta turn you down just a little bit there so yeah and that's a pretty common thing last year during Forkfest almost every vendor here I think all um, I think every one of them that I encountered was accepting cryptocurrency and that's a fun thing to do the porcupine freedom festival which is the festival from which Forkfest forked and we could talk about the the history of the events but the uh, the porcupine freedom festival was sort of like it was like the first place where you could actually spend cryptocurrency in a meaningful like real life way yeah wasn't dogecoin like really big one year i don't recall that that being the case but there's been a lot of years i mean we've been coming to this event since two thousand and nine in this park. We've been in one yep. way or another uh here for more than, than ten years. And it was early on when some of the early like initial movers, the investors, the early buyers of Bitcoin like Roger Veer and Eric Voorhees, and I don't like to drop names, but those are two of the bigger names in the world of cryptocurrency. And well, they, without a doubt. they've all been here. They've all been here, they've camped here uh they've i remember when roger veer who's the the proprietor over at bitcoin.com when he was walking around handing out the cascacious physical bitcoins now have you ever heard of these things aria i have not so if you look it up it's a very beautiful piece it's um i think it's made out of brass so the the thing itself isn't worth a whole lot right like the coin that it's made out of the material but inside this there's a so it's like a hardware wallet you could think of it that way. It's a paper... Basically, it's a paper wallet. Okay. So, uh, for listeners that aren't, aren't familiar, that's... It's... With Bitcoin, you typically have, like, an online wallet where you've got a phone or a computer or something. But you can also have, like, a printed code that you can send cryptocurrency to. And so, anyway, what happens with these coins, uh, the Cascasius, I believe is how you pronounce it. Anyway, with the Cascasius coins, which are no longer being manufactured, from what I understand... But there was like a hologram on the back. And if you remove the hologram, it was one of those tamper ev- evident holograms, so yeah. you couldn't put it back on basically. It would lo- it looked like you'd pulled the, you couldn't like undo the mess that it would make. So like okay. patterns and things like that to reveal that, hey, someone's tampered with this, right? So you would know. And that would give you the private key, presumably? Right. So you pull off the the back and what it actually gives you is some sort of a compressed version of a private key. So there's, like, some version of the private key that I've never seen used anywhere else, but it's, like, eight characters or nine characters or something like that. It's very, very short, so it fits on a coin, right? And then you put this key into some program, and it'll spit out the full private key, at least supposedly, right? I've never actually done this. People have done it, so, like, it, it does work. Now, and didn't one year he come up here and give away $10, 10 Bitcoin to anyone who would install a wallet? He did that. I know he did that in Keene. It wouldn't surprise me if he did that here as well. But I always uh, heard it was here. He did yeah. it in Keene, though. He did it in Keene at Social Sundays, which is our weekly Sunday hangout where, yeah, anybody who would install. I think at the time he was pushing the blockchain.com, or at that, at that time it was blockchain.info. But uh, anyway, he was just giving out these cascacious coins, and at the time they were worth like 3 bucks a piece. Or something like that, right? Yeah. <laughs> and so people were buying tacos with these things. And, and now if nice. you have now if you have one of these cascacious coins, it's worth more than a full Bitcoin. So there was a whole Bitcoin, right, on one of these coins. And it, you can sell it for more than the value of a Bitcoin because it's got the collectible aspect to it. There's a limited number of these things. That's true. Some people have paid. I've heard that some people have paid like on eBay or whatever as much as three times – the price of wow. a bitcoin talk to about get, markup yeah to get one of one of these coins and then of course you got to be really careful you know because there's a lot of scams on on ebay and you got to make sure that somebody's selling you the real deal and it hasn't been redeemed or whatever or if you sell it to the person they claim they didn't get it and then it's like it's kind of janky to sell bitcoin related things <laughs> over ebay from what i understand
1: kind of janky anyway really but well i imagine ebay does exacerbate it
0: yeah because whenever there's that third party, as you know uh whenever yeah. there's that third party institutional thing getting in the way between you and a customer, there's always the chance that they're gonna go ahead and you know reverse the transaction in the customer's favor even though the customer is actually a scam artist uh so that's a whole other topic that <laughs> that we could discuss in depth if we wanted to and uh, actually, you did a a piece recently did i I did put that online didn't I I don't think not I the did, last did I? time I checked okay. I think I uploaded it and then maybe didn't activate it. I need to figure out what I did with it. You did did a great presentation at the uh, Bitcoin embassy. So if I don't get that online, then bug me about it because I think I spaced on that one, Aria. Okay. No problem. Because you did a presentation about how to sell Bitcoin. Yes. How to
1: get into the war against the banking
0: system for the most part. That's an interesting way to put it. And that's kind of what it is, right?
1: Yeah. I, I would say so. I mean, that's the whole point of this anyway. I'm recruiting an army to fight the banks. Arya's Army? I'm not going to call it that. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> that's one of the things that I, I just. And it's I mean, so, that's metaphorical, you know. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm not recruiting anyone. I'm just letting them know hey, if you want to do this, this is how,
0: Here's how you, you can, can do, do it. it. Yeah, I mean, you are basically teaching the tricks of the trade. Yeah. Uh, and I'm bad sure business. I'm sure there's some people who, who don't appreciate that, but you know what? Too bad for them. Uh, so we're here at ForkFest. Well, Fork they can Fest. always undercut me. They can. Uh, ForkFest 2020. We got a lot to cover. We're going to start covering it here today. We've already rounded up our first guest. We're going to grab him here in a little bit. Uh, but we've got crypto to talk about. we got protests to talk about. The Minnesota police reforms that failed. Uh, we can talk about what happened there. Uh, guess what? You turned this over to politicians. You thought they were going to help you? we got more coming up here. This is Free Talk Live. We're live. Uh, Recording it live at Rogers Campground at ForkFest 2020 website forkfest.party. We're back with more from ForkFest 2020 on the very first day, the, of course, slowest of the entire week. Uh, Well, actually, say two weeks of ForkFest. Originally, it was scheduled for the 29th. Through the 5th, and some people are starting it today, including uh, some of the hosts of Free Talk Live. Uh, Ari and I are in our remote studio here. It's overcast now. It was brutally hot uh, and sunny when we arrived at about noon today, and now it's actually pretty nice. So, as tends to be the case when we're here, there's all kinds of interesting people on the campground. And as they come by, I'd like to pull them over and talk to them. So, we're going to get to our first guest here in a moment, but I also want to say thanks. To Bitcoin.com because if you want to get into the world of cryptocurrency, then Bitcoin is uh, Bitcoin.com is a great place to go. You can learn about Bitcoin and Bitcoin Cash and cryptocurrency in general over there. So check out Bitcoin.com uh, and of course Bitcoin.com as we mentioned before. What the founder, Roger Veer, is an old school pork fester. He used to come to the Porcupine Freedom Festival. I think he came on at least one or two years uh, way way back in the day. So. It'd be great if he came again. Yeah, it would be. Except uh, he's busy. Well, it's not that just that he's busy. It's that the United States government hates him, uh, and they are not very nice. And I mean, screw the government, though. Yeah, but he's got to get their permission to come in here because he doesn't. Wow. He doesn't live here. He uh, gave up his citizenship. Ah, uh, yeah, so that'll do it. <laughs> when you give up your citizenship, they don't have to let you back in. And, you, you know, he's going to have to ask somebody's permission to come in. And so that makes things a little more difficult when you have to ask government permission to come back to the place you were born. But that's the way it is uh, for him. So check out Bitcoin.com. You want to learn about crypto. That's a great place to do it. Our first guest here from ForkFest 2020 is a man named Footloose. Footloose, welcome to Free Talk Live. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's a pleasure. Um, you and I just happened to meet at... One of the protests-style uh, events that happened here in New Hampshire, we on Free Talk Live have been covering this COVID crackdown insanity mm. uh, that's been going on for months. Thankfully, there doesn't seem to be much insanity on this campground so well, far. The pool is technically closed, but that has not
1: stopped you know, the anarchists and libertarians from helping themselves to the to a swim. The
0: the anarchists and libertarians kids actually. They're the ones who sure. apparently have, have reopened the, <laughs> the pool, which I was happy to see. What does Sununu say they phased themselves into opening the pool? That's what someone was told something? me. I didn't hear it I, directly. I don't know directly. Uh, but I think you and I Footloose met at the Manchester event that you organized, I think. Yes. That might have been. The first one. I presume you were probably also at the large events that happened in Concord. I just didn't meet you
2: there. Yes, the State House rallies were at there too. Yeah. You went
0: to one of those, right, Arya? Yeah,
2: yeah. So,
0: uh, tell me what motivated you to get involved in this protest movement against the uh, the COVID lockdowns.
2: Well, it started to happen, and um, it just didn't make sense. You know, none of it made sense. Uh, the the numbers and i should
0: say you're a new hampshire native i'm a new hampshire native
2: i was born and raised in nashua i live in manchester now and so early on i decided and i i just threw this facebook page together called absolute defiance okay and then that's what got me involved um i put like a uh a countrywide uh event together saying people go to the state houses go to your city halls etc etc and let's let's get these things going so that was before any of the first rallies um i paid for ad and had it going and and all that and you know i'm just trying to put some more pressure on from every different possible angle and uh so that's what got me involved and uh, of course i bumped into um one of my friends actually said hey i, I got this guy and he, he introduced me to somebody who introduced me to some free staters and the uh the health freedoms people right. uh the reopen people and all that and so tried to collaborate show up to their meet their events as well and support them and and you know um show how ridiculous this farce is
0: you are as you said a new hampshire native um- what was the reaction of your friends and your neighbors uh, around you to not only the the crackdown the lockdowns but your response to it did you find a lot of friendly uh, response
2: or hostile um yeah well a lot of support but kind of like closed Uh, secret support like Mm. yeah you're doing the right thing but I have a job I have a family we can't Can't fuck the system and risk it and this and that and so it was kind of like flying solo Mm. um, and I actually got into a pretty good uh argument with one of my neighbors about the mask thing and oh, like, wow. he was trying to fight me over it i'm going to kill his grandmother and what and, yeah <laughs> basically because oh, i'm a, i'm going to the events the state house events right. and stuff we're all going to kill everyone for showing up to the events and of course that didn't happen no it didn't and and the <laughs> events did not not only did no one die that anybody knows of but i don't think anybody even
0: really got meaningfully sick no. from the hundreds of people. Who were at the uh, the state house on uh, more than one occasion? There were two of them that I went to. Close proximity to everybody Very was close. Jammed in. Very few people were wearing masks. A, a few were, but that's that's
2: about it. Like I maybe. Mean, and the people that were wearing masks, a lot of them were doing that to hide their identity. Okay. They that's were That's a legitimate.
0: That's a legitimate reason to wear a mask. Yeah. That's what screwed up
1: about this entire thing, though, is that the mask people they needed us to get sick and die. Right. To prove them right. And it didn't work out for them. And I don't know any of us got even a sniffle from well, doing all of these protests and meetups and going about our
0: lives, not wearing masks, not wearing gloves. Yeah, I don't know if I got, well, there was one time this winter that I did like right around when the sor- this whole COVID thing was really in the news, um, both nobody and I, nobody's one of our co-hosts, uh, nobody, nobody and I came down with something that was like an overnight stomach bug or something like that. Uh, I was up late with things i can't describe on the radio coming out of more than one sure end. okay uh, and <laughs> moving uh, on <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and you know I, maybe that was covid i i don't know it was quite uncomfortable i don't think those are covid symptoms well it depends if you look at the list of so-called symptoms there's certain symptoms Diarrhea that was on there a, a very small percentage yeah. of some people said you know, they tested for COVID after having those symptoms. That doesn't mean those symptoms were related to COVID, but,
2: you know, I don't pretty know. am pretty sure I had it in December. You think so? Yes. Pretty well convinced. Yeah. And you made it. I made and it. here you are. I was, you know. I, Did your grandma die? Tr- no, nobody oh, died. Okay, no, you know, my grandma didn't <laughs> die. Uh, Did anyone
1: else's grandmother die? <laughs> yeah. Oh.
2: Somebody. Well, so I mean, somebody. I, well everybody. Yeah, a lot of the grandmothers and grandparents died, which was, yeah. that was untrue. It wasn't just killing old people, right? Wasn't just not killing, old, but it is. But then it, it it was. So what is going on here? Yeah.
0: So you you guys went out on the streets. Uh, we joined you there, and that's how we ended up connecting. So you hadn't been connected with any of the the free stater libertarian types prior to to all this, huh?
2: No, I I'm kind of a solitary guy. I actually spent five years in solitary confinement. Holy. So I have a little okay. bit of
0: uh, oh, wow.
2: PTSD-type issues that I've been working through. It's been five years now that I've been out. Okay, um, solitary
1: confinement will do that.
2: Yeah. It there, was, there's a
0: reason it's described as torture. Right. Do and, you want to talk about why you were in solitary confinement?
2: Sure. Okay. Um, so originally um, I was shipped from the county jail, Merrimack County Jail. I was there pretrial. And um, um, what charges? Drug charges. Okay. So non uh, Just possession, nonviolent okay. stuff. And uh, so I had had some head trauma. I was already diagnosed with post-concussion syndrome before I had got to the jail, memory issues, so on and so forth. Um, I fell off the top tier at the jail. It hit my head again. Oh, which God. Which was two months after I had already had this post-concussion syndrome. You fell from a second Second tier. To the, onto oh the God. Yeah, they, they were like, we thought you were going to die. I
0: spent two nights in medical. Hold that thought, and we'll continue the story here in, sure. in moments. Uh, more on Free Talk Live from ForkFest. Bitcoin.com has launched a trading platform at local.bitcoin.com, allowing you to buy or sell Bitcoin cash via dozens of payment methods like PayPal, Venmo, bank deposit, remittances, or meeting in person with cash. There are no ID requirements to sign up for and use the site, and all communications between buyers and sellers are encrypted. Finally, a global trading platform that respects your privacy. Visit local.bitcoin.com to get started trading Bitcoin cash. Local.bitcoin.com. Free Talk Live. We're here at ForkFest 2020. You can go to forkfest.party to learn more about the event and uh, we will be bringing it to you here every single day. This is day number one. Uh, you're hearing this on day number two, and that's because, well, we just didn't want to rush too too much when we got set up uh, here. We wanted to take our time today, and, and we were able to do that thanks to Mark and the captain who hosted the show on Monday night. Uh, By the way, I do want to let you know about Intercoin. Intercoin's architecture enables programmable coins with a variety of applications. Merchants can add tags like books, food, or clothing to their products and authorized users can see statistics on how money was spent. Experts can analyze the local economy. Donors and investors can have more confidence. Everyone in the community can have a real-time consumer price index to inform their democratic decision-making and address issues like rising prices or shrinking wages. Intercoin is attempting to regain some of our freedoms that are threatened on the Internet and in meat space. We think it's important here on Free Talk Live, so important that we accepted $40,000 worth of Intercoin tokens from intercoin Incorporated for this advertising. If you think freedom is important too, check out Intercoin at intercoin.org. You can invest in this project and potentially make big gains, or just be involved and perhaps shape its future. Intercoin.org. Ian and Aria in the studio with our special guest Footloose. Uh, Footloose, you and I met a few weeks back at a protest event to advocate for freedom. You know, being able to reopen. Of course, I would say you never should have closed in the first place. If you actually care about freedom. Uh, you never should have done what the governor was uh, was telling you to do, because who the hell is he anyway? He's right. just he's, he he doesn't excellency.
2: have the the law backing him up. There's there you know to do these things. No, but
0: he does have men with guns who right. will show up and have shown up at local businesses and have threatened them. Uh, we heard about a local business that was a gym in Keene that was still quietly letting their customers in. They would like, papered over the windows. Really? And they were letting – it was uh, right next to Little Zoe's Pizza, actually, that, that gym. They are now closed. Uh, Keen Police uh, found out that they were doing this from a snitch, and Keen Police went there and threatened the owner, apparently, on uh, verbally. I don't know if they gave him a written threat because I had requested all the written threats that they gave, and they only gave me the one for the local bar that was threatened. So they've, they've threatened more than one local business uh, with, you know, violent acts. And so people, of course, ultimately did what they were told. So uh, we can talk more about all that, but let's get back into your story, Footloose. You were telling us that you were in uh, a a jail facility here in New Hampshire. Uh, You were there for drug charges, so there's no victim, no crime. You shouldn't have been there. Uh, Innocent
2: until proven guilty.
0: Right. And, you know, I don't care if you had drugs. It doesn't matter to me. I mean, it's your body. It's your body. Do what you want. Uh, You know, if you want to quit him, then, then, you know, find the help that you need to quit him, but going to jail. Rarely helps people quit drugs. You know, it usually no. It teaches them how to hide them better. It usually pushes them into an even deeper depression. You know, when they get out, because now you've lost your job, now you've lost your house or your apartment, and now you're supposed to, to have a better life after you just sent you know s- sat in jail for uh, six right. months or however
2: long it was. Interacting with other people who are, you know, uneducated and poor yeah. themselves as well. Other criminals thinking about other ways to, you know commit crimes and get That's away right. with it and and you weren't even in prison you were just in jail i was just in jail at the time yes right.
0: so you fell from the second tier is what you were telling us just before we went away a moment ago so you were on the second floor in a i presume like a day room or something like that or in your your uh,
2: yeah cell it's block. the um, downstairs was the medical block upstairs was like the classifications the new people and um the doors popped and I was trying to get to the shower first. Mm-hmm. And so I got up, and um, the last thing I remember was going for the door. And there's, I, f- I think it's called vasovagin or something, when you stand up too fast and your blood pressure drops. And you know, everything. Yeah. So that's basically what happened. And I went through the rails um, off. The tear wow. that sounds
0: really difficult t- to accomplish. <laughs> yes,
2: so right. That's why Jesus. they they're like you bounced like a fish, and we thought oh, you were dead God. and all this stuff. So they sent me to the hospital. I had a tear, a shoulder tear, um, and like some bumps, up, like scrapes and bumps, and um, nothing really crazy other than that. And but I did get another concussion out of that. And when you're concussed, you don't really even notice what's going on because uh-huh. you're concussed, and um, so. They kind of got sick of my loud voice and my forgetting everything all the time and asking the same questions over and over. And so one day they say, God. Well, just put you in solitary. They said, well, they put me on the medical unit after that. Uh Right? So then I was downstairs. Obviously, they didn't want me falling again. So now I'm downstairs. And then uh, after maybe a a month, so I got there in um, July and – yeah, I was there for maybe a month or two before. And was this
0: pre-sentencing?
2: Pre-sentence. So okay. I was Pre-c- I was pre-court? pre-trial, pre- pre-trial. Okay. Pre-trial and um my lawyer also she just she filed for she started filing public for defender or competency. Private? Yeah. Um public, public defender. Okay. So she decides to file for competency and I saw the records, my medical records. So once she filed for competency, the prosecutor contacted the jail and in my medical records it says Uh, his lawyer's going for competency, try to find anything you can towards competency. Mm. So it was very Mm -hmm. loosely worded, but we know what that means. And so from that point on, they were like, he's faking it. He's faking everything he's doing. He's faking, (laughs) he's making it all up. And so one day they're like, get in the back of the cell, cuff up. And I'm like, all right, what's going on? They say, you're moving to another cell. So uh, I cuff up and they move me to another unit. They put me in the cell and I'm like, what's up with my stuff? They're like, oh, we're gonna bring it to you. They leave. They leave me in this empty cell, and all these guys are like, who's that? What are you doing here? What what'd you do? I said, what do you mean? What did I do? I tell them like, I'm here mm-hmm. for drug charges. They're like, no. What did you do to come, to get here on this unit? I said, nothing. What do you mean? They said, you're in the hole. You had to have done something to come here. So now I'm in punitive segregation. And how county were they jail. talking to you through the out the door? Okay. Yeah. Okay. So we're all locked in our cells. Yeah. And um, so they're like, they're not bringing your stuff. You're in the hole. Yeah. You're going to be lucky if you get a book, right? Yeah. So then from that point on, you're not allowed to be under the blankets during the day and stuff. You're locked in the cell 23 hours a day, but you can't be under the blankets. Now, I have hypothyroidism. I was cold. I'm concussed. I'm sleeping a lot. They don't make a lot of these jails uh, warm, right? Like They're not necessarily comfortable places to No, not at all. So I'm under the covers, and they keep. Uh, coming in and ripping the blankets off me every day and stealing my blankets and giving them back to me at the end of the night. And it was this, you know, this pissing match, basically, it became. And one day... And this was all pre-trial. This is all (laughs) pre-trial. So So even though you didn't
1: do anything morally wrong... He fell off the (laughs) tear. And you have yet to be proven guilty in the court that says you did something criminal. They're still treating you
2: like this. Right. And And this was which jail? Merrimack County Jail. And so... They stick me in, in the hall and i 'm like okay. so, so they have a, a computer kiosk system to put in your request slips, so whenever I got out there i'm all i 'm putting in request slips to everybody in the administration, mm-hmm. and they hated that, so they banned me from the kiosk <laughs> they banned me from being able to use the kiosk wow and uh, so whenever I went to court. Because of the competency, it would be continued and continued and continued, so it was kind of pointless for me to go to court and Jeez. On top of that, whenever I went, I would come back, and my cell would be trash there would be guys would be like they threw a bunch of stuff away, and' just, so I 'd be picking out personal writings from the trash poems and letters and uh-huh. things like that and um so they came in and tossed your cell while you were gone While well, I was basically. gone
0: mm-hmm. right
2: so one day they and how,
0: how, <laughs> before you go on so you've been going to these court hearings, and nothing's been happening you
2: when was the trial supposed to be? Um, they can't do a trial until after competency has been determined. So they were wow. delaying until they could determine competency? Right.
1: Well, wow.
2: yes, exactly. It seems like a better place for someone in that condition would be, you know, a hospital. Send them to New Hampshire Hospital maybe while they're under competency evaluating. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I would <laughs> think that would have made sense, but, you know, um, I can't imagine that being in solitary confinement
1: and being treated that way was helping your uh, you know uh, already damaged mental state.
0: No, no, I w- it will not help anything.
2: That. All right, so where do we go from here? So, um, so the so they've been coming in, ripping my blankets off, yep. and you know I'm non aggressive person. I've taken Judah to karate, and I've I've never you know started a fight. Mm-hmm. So um, they come in and we get into a tug of war match with the blanket oh, and. Man. I'm like I was quick enough usually they'd pop the door while I'm sleeping and they come in and grab it before I could wake up. Mm-hmm. So I woke up right and I grabbed the blanket and I'm sitting in the bed and we're having this tug of war and he How lets barbaric. It
1: go. That they made you fight this tug of war over a basic human necessity. It's insane.
0: We'll continue the story. Sure. Uh stick with us here. Footloose is with us. It is Free Talk Live. We're at Fork Fest. 20- live we're at fork fest 2020 you can go to forkfest.party to learn more about this event it's just getting started so if you can make it up to uh lancaster new hampshire and the beautiful white mountains uh, the place is called rogers campground get your campsite rv site or your motel room they've got that here too reserved and come on up and hang out with some cool liberty-minded freedom-friendly people they're going to be coming in Throughout the next two weeks, some people will be here for all two weeks. Some people will be here for just a week, maybe just a weekend or a few days here and there. Uh, So come on up, and uh, we look forward to seeing you. We're talking with Footloose. It's uh, Ian and Aria in our remote studio here. And Footloose, you've been telling us a – regaling us with a horrifying story that is sadly probably not that uncommon. Uh, I mean, I've been in the New Hampshire jails myself, one in particular, thankfully not – the one you're talking about, uh, out in Cheshire County. We call it the Keen Spiritual Retreat. Yeah. (laughs) And, uh, you know, for the most part, they're not too bad out there. It's, like, not the worst jail in the world. But I've definitely seen some pretty abusive and questionable behavior while I was there. And what's happening to you is definitely some of the the worst I've heard of. Just to recap in case you're just tuning in, uh, Footloose was put in jail for nonviolent victimless crime of possession of drugs. And you ended up hurting yourself uh, accidentally in there. You fell off the second tier. You got a concussion. And they ended up putting you in a medical bay. They then got mad at you and put you in solitary confinement shortly after that. And that's uh, where we were hearing about you had your blankets being taken away because apparently the rule is you can only use your blanket at nighttime. So if you're going to sleep during the day, you can't use a blanket. No,
1: is that just one of their arbitrary rules so, or they yes. have some sort of
0: – they no real justification for I that? I suspect if you asked – this is just going to be my guess – that they don't want you playing with yourself and they uh, – the Yeah, because no one could... does that at night. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> or in the shower. That's my guess on that. Did they ever give you a reason. No, is that I still considered self-mutilation? What, playing with yourself you yeah i don't, i've heard that's what they say but yeah, they don't like sexy things going on in uh, in their jail in any way shape or form no um, fun allowed yeah so did they ever give you an excuse what else are people want... supposed to do in jail did they give you a reason like why we're going to take your blanket away constantly
2: just that it's the rules yep you can't be under the covers during the day <laughs> And you're like, well, I'm cold. Well, we don't care. Yeah, I'm cold. I, I'm documented um, with hypothyroidism. I am sleeping because I've had multiple concussions at this point. And, you know, they were just being a-holes. All of this pre-trial.
0: It's important to point that out. You have not been convicted of anything. Um, so, where from this, this point? They're, they're, you were telling us a story. They were grabbing your blanket. So they grabbed my on
2: blankets to- and stuff. And, and, and we have this tug of war, and they're like, you have to go to court today. Right? So, I said, I, I, I refuse. And he goes, no, you have to go to court. I said, no, I can refuse court. Mm-hmm. Only a judge's order can you force me to go to court. And um, Now, out of
1: curiosity, why would you refuse court? It seems like court would be your best chance to get out of that
2: situation. Right. So, mind you, I'm concussed okay. and have poor judgment. Mm-hmm. And my reasoning at the time was because every time I went to court, They were trashing my cell and throwing my stuff away. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, I'm not going to have anything happen at court, so I don't really need to go. I know it's going to get continued, so I might as well just stay here and protect my stuff. So he says, "Um, you have to go, or we're coming in here and we're messing up your stuff, right? So I'm like, all right, jerk. Um, You're going to bring me down there, and you're taking me right back, right? And... So they put me in short shackles and no wiggle cuffs, cuff behind. Now I walk mm. down to booking and um, the sheriff is standing there with the belly belt to, you know, get me cuffed up and switched over to go into the van. And I tell him, I look at him, I say, I refuse to go to court. And he goes, he shrugs his shoulders and he turns <laughs> to walk away. And this corporal next to me, he's like, no, you're going to court. And so the sheriff starts turning back. He's like, well, what's going? Because people usually comply and follow orders or whatever mm-hmm. is said. So he's like, is this guy coming or not? And uh, I said, no, I'm not. And he goes, yes, you are. I said, F you, make me, right? And he pushes me onto the booking counter. And I won't get into all the details, but a scuffle ensues in the middle of booking. I wind up with 10 guards and sheriffs on me. Cubatoning me in the back i'm like pig pile Mm -hmm. standing up try letting they're switching out the cuffs and they put two pairs of cuffs on i I, they tighten them i'm tighter tighter you can see the scars on my wrists. but uh once he gets the second cuffs on and he's like i gotta get my cuffs off so i let them i stop in the middle of this fight and i say take the cuffs to get your cuffs off and switch them out go right ahead tighter tighter he skews them tighter so he takes his cuffs he's like all right we're good i said you're good Woom And I, I, I start going at it again. So they throw me in the back of the paddy wagon and they're like, oh, so the sheriff calls. He's like, boss, this guy's too wild. I can't even get a belt on him. We can't take him. No, <laughs> it's not going to happen. And so the guy in the back, he's like, we got to you got to come to court with us. And I'm just jumping in the back of the van. Uh, they end up getting more officers. They set up a restraint chair. And they open the back of the van, I dive off the back of the van, they catch me, end up flipping me in the restraint chair, and tase me in the leg, they can't get my legs strapped in, so they're tasing me closer and closer, three times, all the way up to my groin area, where you can smell burning hair Uh. and flesh, they actually had to change the battery, they had to change the battery and get a new battery, and so they're like, what are we going to do? And so they're like, let's just wheel him back to his cell because there's wheels on the back. So I'm like, yeah, that's a good idea. Just wheel me back to the cell. And so they wheel me, and they're wheeling me down the hallway. And um, they said, are you going to – we just want to let you out. Uh, I said, is all my stuff in there? I'll be cool as long as all my stuff is in there. So they're like, yeah, all your stuff's still in there. So now I got like eight cops on me. You know, they each have a point of your body. One has Mm -hmm. an elbow. One has a shoulder. One has a knee. One has an ankle. And so they're they're trained, and so we're literally taking inch steps towards the cell. I get in the cell, and I got all of them, you know, on their different points, their eight points, and and I kind of, like, stiffened up, and I crouched down a little bit, and I was like, you effing liars, right? They took your stuff. Uh, The whole cell was empty. Yeah. And so in the report, they said, ooh, we accidentally let him go. So they lifted me by my ankles. And the guys up top pushed me forward, so I came. All I could do was turn my head a little bit, and I smashed my so left temple. Literally, they
0: pushed you forward into the cell, into the while cell, lifting while you. lifting so you're you, while lifting you off the ground. So I just timber bang, and banged. you're cuffed. So you so no back. way of stopping or shortening the uh, the distance, or with
2: anything but my temple or my chin or my nose. So Jeez. I used my temple. And after that point, I had. Um, my pupils were different sizes. They left me there for five days with no medical attention. I had wow. the, the cuff, the scars from the cuffs were green and infected. Oh, my and God. And they had to do so. The only reason I got medical treatment is because one of the guards that I was was nice, they're not all sure, you know, yeah. bad. And so he let me out because they, were they weren't letting me out to even use a phone or anything. He let me out to make a phone call to my lawyer. And it got a message to her. She sent a private investigator. So they called me down to booking one day. The private investigator, she's taking pictures of the lump on my head, Mm -hmm. my pupils, all the scars and the scabs on my back, the holes in my shirt, the dirty clothes and everything. And um, they call a nurse down right then. That was the first time I got (laughs) medical attention. See, I would expect at this point they would just drop the charges and release you.
0: Oh, no. (laughs) No. Because, I mean, they've stepped in
2: it at this point. I'm surprised they
0: didn't bring more charges.
2: Right. Um, so at that point, um, it was, it was on, you know what I mean? And at any, anything they did, if they didn't give me toenail clippers, I'm popping a sprinkler. If you don't wash my blankets, you know what I mean? You don't take my laundry just because you guys are trying to torture me, then you're going to be doing paperwork, right? Mm -hmm. So I ended up, uh, popping a sprinkler in my cell and they put me in a fire watch cell that doesn't <laughs> have a sprinkler. So they had to let me out every three days to um, have tear time. And so one day they let me out in the hall to have my tear time. and By yourself. By you myself. Say, right? yeah, okay. And so I um, – well, What is tear
0: time? You get to walk around. To just walking okay. around,
2: use the phone, take a shower and yes, stuff. So you're
0: in, you're in a segregated unit and there's a phone a shower no they people let, just let, one person right the people are in their cells yes. right so they let one guy out he gets an hour put him back in they let yes. another guy out he exactly. gets an hour
2: so i decide to take a shower and then i took some pencils these little half pencils yep. that they give to us i said kick out your pencils to all the guys that i've just been in the hole with i said kick out your pencils they're like what's going on and So they kick out their pencils, and I set up all of the sprinklers on the bottom tier with pencils in them, took my shower, and then I took a table, pushed it up to the wall, and there was a TV stand that didn't have a TV on it, Mm -hmm. one of those high TV stands, and I flipped the trash can on top of that, right? So now I go around the bottom tier, I pop every single sprinkler, and then I jump on top of the table of the trash can, jump up, pull myself up onto this TV stand, like... 25 feet up on the wall and stand up on this, you know, two foot by foot and a half little wow. area while these, while the water's pouring out and the fire alarms are going off. They're locking down
3: the whole unit and the whole
2: jail. Wow.
0: Hold that thought. There's more coming up here with this amazing story at, uh, with Footloose on Free Talk Live.
3: Remember when you first heard about Bitcoin? How long did it take you to realize this little project would soon change the world? Do you kind of wish you had gotten involved sooner? Well, now is your chance to be part of the next revolution in money. Intercoin is working to finally make crypto go mainstream. It's designed to be scalable enough to support everyday payments and even elections without the state. Bitcoin was originally supposed to be a peer-to-peer cash system, the way we would all pay one another without having to trust any third party. But instead, over time, it mostly became a store of value. That's because every 10 minutes, the Bitcoin network must put all transactions into a block. And that block can only hold so much. If crypto is to become mainstream, for everyone to use it in everyday payments, we need a new architecture. One that's as secure as Bitcoin while being far more scalable. Check out intercoin.org to find out more and maybe pick up some of those coins for yourself.
0: Free Talk free talk live we're at fork fest 2020 and i want to say thanks to scott who is a free talk live gold amplifier thanks scott for helping us uh, get free talk live on more radio stations across the united states that's what the amp program does it helps us spread the ideas of freedom as far and as wide as we can and you can do it for just five bucks a month. You get some cool perks, some bennies for being a free talk live amplifier. Get signed up at amp.freetalklive.com. Like Scott did, he's gold level, which means he's doing ten bucks a month, so really appreciate that. Uh, but if you can do five, that'd be awesome. Go on to amp, amp.freetalklive.com and get signed up there with PayPal. You can use. Uh, crypto in the form of bitcoin btc and you can also do a uh, credit card or debit card so we really appreciate it when you do that as we kick off the second hour here from day number one of fork Fest, which is actually we're recording this on monday you're hearing it on tuesday and we are in the midst of a really just horrifying story of what it's like to be pre-trial confinement in segregation in a uh, new hampshire jail our uh, our friend here footloose is on the third microphone it's ian and aria in the studio footloose thanks for staying for the extra conversation here this is, this is quite a story my pleasure and you had started out just by sort of mentioning that you spent five years in segregation and i'm like what tell us more and now there's been this just insane story of violence Unnecessary violence on the part of the police targeting uh, these people in segregation with relatively inhumane conditions of not allowing them to have something as simple as a blanket uh, during the daylight hours. Well,
1: I mean, it's about power
0: more than anything.
1: Right. It's about compliance versus defiance. That was the
0: one thing you wanted. So it was the one thing they were going to take take. from you. Exactly. Right. And so they took everything. And when you're in segregation, they basically take everything. Now, you did mention that you had some things that you'd managed to collect over time. So was that like personal writings and things like that? So, yeah,
2: um, a side effect that I found out about later, I didn't know this at the time, but um, a side effect from concussions is rhyming. Mm. I don't know. I f- I don't know exactly. Meaning you wh- rhyme more often. Meaning that you rhyme, yes. Okay. So you're just like talking, and everything you're saying is in verse and rhyming. And huh. so I was writing. I was already a writer, and I write poetry and stuff. But I was churning out some of the best poetry that I've ever wow. done. So I was just excited to have this stuff, and um, you know, yes. Yeah. So where were what? Oh, so, yeah, concussions.
0: Uh, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, concussions. Guys. <laughs> so I do have memory issues. They took your blankets. Uh, you you were called to court. You didn't want to go. They majorly fought you about that. You
2: got into basically... Oh, right. into and you a, had a
1: good reason a to fracas. not want to
2: go. Right. So yeah. I felt that I was justified in, in, in refusing. They, they flipped not... your cell when you got back. After fighting with the
0: police, they told you everything was going to be in your cell. Nothing was there. Nothing was and there. They we lied. Had just, I think we'd left your story off where they'd like thrown you into the cell, yeah. lifted you up, your still handcuffed so you took another hit to the head uh as you fell directly into your cell as they threw you into it
1: and you finally were able to call your attorney who sent down a private investigator to take pictures and document it so and then to touch on so so how did that i mean how did that progress did they get any police negligence or brutality charges filed against them no way
2: oh of course not you can't call the police the only thing you can do is like file a um a, a slip, a request slip on the kiosk, which I was internally, banned, which I was banned from. <laughs> right, you can you can complain to the jail
0: about the way the jail is treating you.
2: Right, but That's the private investigator was able to get in. The private it's, investigator was able to get in. Yes, they can't deny that. They have
0: to allow your attorney to meet with you. That's mm-hmm. one of the few rights you have as a prisoner, and that was essentially the attorney's agent. So they
2: were, which to, is okay. it, it was a huge. Uh, Solid of that officer to let me out to make that phone call very right. briefly. Yeah. Um, you know, it saved the day. So and so, I, something I forgot to mention is how did I, you know, I said they brought me to punitive segregation, solitary confinement, which is for people who cause problems and get in trouble and get write-ups. That's right. what they say. So I was like, once I found out I was in the hole, I said, "What? What? what happened? What did I do? And it took me a few days before they got back to me, and they finally said— you asked to go to the hole. And I said, Okay, well then I am This asking. concussed person <laughs> right. who
1: cannot currently stand trial because of incompetency or a inability to determine competency. Right. Right. But you're competent enough to be put in the hole merely by
2: a request. <laughs> and, None of this seemed odd to them. And I, I honestly I, I think they just completely made that up. There's mm. no reason why and I said, Where did it where's the document that I signed? Yeah. I don't where's remember the that. request slip that I put in? Like you know, um, and I said, okay, so if I ask to go, then I'm asking to be released from the hole, please. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, no, it doesn't work that way. You're staying here. You're, wow. you're uh, uh, administrative segregation and, and whatever. So they got me stuck there. Now they just flipped me and dumped me on my head after that scuffle and left me there. I see my lawyer, uh, see the private investigator and start to get medical attention, antibiotics and things like that. And then I said, Oh, so we left off where I popped all the sprinklers and now oh, right. okay. I'm standing on top of the uh T V stand in in the uh in in the the unit, right? So they're like, What are we gonna do? So cops come on the unit and they're all standing there and usually they run on the unit and you know, pepper spray somebody, cuff somebody up. Yeah, but you're twenty five feet above. the I'm twenty five feet in the air and they're like and I said, Yeah, What are you going to do now? I said, you guys have to rewrite your entire playbook. There's nothing you can do. And so there was some of them said, we're going to push, you know, let's just put mattresses on the ground and push him off. And, um, because, the, because that uh, works in
1: cartoons it must work in real life i'm yeah. just
2: trying to visualize this so uh, again having been in
0: a uh, a jail myself for civil disobedience for 58 days uh you know in the, the tier that i was in i was not in segregation but there may be a similar design so you've got yeah. uh the two floors uh the tvs there were mounted like off of the railings not directly on the railings on the second floor so the mount they were mounted high up is that kind of what what yours Yeah, like? it's about the level of the second tier floor height maybe. So if they were on the second tier, they could in theory like possibly touch you if you're so on the So you TV know the thing, tables, right? it's just uh-huh. like a
2: regular table but the four chairs it's yep. the size of a picnic table like this. Um so is that high plus a flipped over trash can. Mm-hmm. I'm 6 foot 1. I had to stand on the trash can and I had to, to- jump up and stick my fingers in the hole. There was a square hole in the back for the wires to go down, Mm -hmm. and I stuck my fingers in there and kind of, like, did a muscle-up up 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 there and stood up there. So you put a lot of work into this. Yeah. Yes. I thought about it. It wasn't just a random hey yeah, yeah. boom like i thought about was that. the tv there or was it like an empty mount empty mount because okay, okay. we were in the hole so there was no it used to be a different like uh, unit and then they turned it into the hole or something yeah i
0: was gonna say why is there a tv in the there is no tv range? stand okay, there okay. now now it makes sense but the mount <laughs> is sitting there the mount is and... no
2: longer there right it was it, at the time though, it was like, they actually, took it down because, right, of, because of you, me. you. yes <laughs> All right, so what do they do? They're like, what do we do with this? Guy? So they're like, what do we do with this? And then the guy's like, we'll push him off. And then this this corporal comes, and, and I'm, I, he's Did trying to negotiate. Did anyone with a brain come? Right. So yeah. this one guy, he's like, I said, listen, for, if you want to negotiate, I said, first thing, that guy right there, he needs to get out. Get him out of here. Tell him to get him out of the room. This I don't want one him the worst, to know. One the this is the guy saying he's going to push me off. I said, get, mm-hmm. and he was talking crap the whole time, being mm-hmm. an instigator. I said, get him out. And they're like. They look at each other, and they go, 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 go. And the guy, he's like, what? Are you kidding me right now? <laughs> ah! Flipping out. So he leaves. And then I, uh, so I said, okay, so what are we going to do? I said, the only thing you do is get a ladder. And I said, this is how it's going to go down. I said, I'm going to come down the ladder willingly. You guys are not going to touch me. You're going to give me arms, arms reach. Mm-hmm. And I will walk back to my cell." You guys can stay a distance and just mm-hmm. don't touch me or it's going to be on. Last time you remember what happened, I was cuffed and shackled. I'm not right now. Mm-hmm. So whatever you want to do. And so they, they cleared out everybody but two corporals, got a ladder. I started coming down, and the corporal grabs my pant leg as I'm coming oh, down, yeah. and I'm on the ladder, and I go, hey, hey. And uh, the other corporal goes, don't let him go, let him go, let him go. And he's like, what? Backs up, oh, yeah. and uh, so they gave me distance. Wow. I walked back to my cell, and it was cool. After that, a couple of days later, they shipped me pre-trial to SHU, New Hampshire State special Prison, housing Special unit. Housing Unit, Maximum Security, and that. Uh, oh my God, this is, a is unprecedented. Other. They they put you in prison.
0: Hold that pre-trial. thought here. We got more yeah. with Footloose coming up here from Forkfest 20. <laughs> At ForkFest 2020, this is Free Talk Live, and it is uh, well, we don't really know how it's going to turn out quite yet. It's a slow start; it always is a slow start at events like this. Not everybody shows up on the first day because, well, a lot of people know that the uh, the weekend is where it culminates, and you know, this, there's a build up throughout the whole week. So some people come up just for Friday, Saturday. Uh, That kind of thing. So we'll see how it ends up uh, fleshing out, but it's going to be interesting, and we will bring it to you here. This is actually day number one that we're recording this on Monday. We've been getting into a lengthy story, a horrifying tale of solitary confinement and police abuse, Uh, or do I repeat myself? Uh, But we're going to continue with that here. But I do want to let you know about Divi's new wallet that is, they're still working on it, but at some point, They will be releasing a next-generation wallet where you'll be able to spend, earn, store, and exchange digital money in seconds. Divi says you'll be able to send money around the globe in only a swipe and instantly exchange between Divi, Bitcoin, and fiat currencies like the dollar in the mobile app and withdraw directly to your bank account. There's no need to wait, though, as Divi already offers the first one-tap solution for earning passive income with their multi-tiered masternodes, allowing anyone to earn by supporting the Divi network. When the new Divi wallet launches because of their relationship with Western Union, Divi will be in 200 countries, including the United States. You can learn more at diviproject.org, Project.org. Ian and Aria in the remote studio here with Footloose from what's the best uh, organization to plug for you? Humble House is my business. Humble House? And this is like a drug recovery kind of place? Uh,
2: transitional living program, so not just mm-hmm. drugs, but uh, we're a smart recovery based program. I'm also the local coordinator for Smart Recovery um, in Manchester, New Hampshire, which is a nonprofit, international nonprofit. Smart Recovery? Smart oh, Recovery, S M A R T. It's an acronym, it stands for Self Management and Recovery Training. We don't have buddies or sponsors we have tools that uh we learn mm-hmm. on the individual level and we teach to people and help them learn them uh two, number one is build and maintain motivation to change um, two is cope with urges once you want to stop you mm-hmm. have to be able to cope with those urges and three is managing your thoughts feelings and behaviors also known as problem solving fourth is having a lifestyle balance and so we have 14, 15 tools or techniques um, that help you address those different areas. Some will hit all four points. Some will just hit one point. Uh, we do like a cost-benefit analysis, hierarchy of values, um, and uh, what else do we do? We do the ABCs of REBT, Rational Mode Behavior Therapy, which one of our co-founders, Albert Ellis, is the, the, the creator of, which was a forerunner to CBT. So there's so a lot
0: we can unpack. it. good. It's very,
2: it, it's an alternative to AA and
1: other programs yes. like that. You were talking about this earlier, um, just, off the air. Yeah, off yeah. the air, and um, I have to agree with you on that. To me, it's the most bizarre thing ever to be like, "Hey, uh, here's some religion to
2: fix your physical addiction."
1: Yes, we promise. We totally have a medical degree.
2: It can be a light switch. <laughs> you know, your higher power can be a light switch. And I mean, Jesus. sure. My but thing
1: is faith healing is not medically sound advice.
2: Right. So and SMART, that's what AA is. Smart is science-based and um we are self-empowering. And it's based on the self. Yes, it's individual a, self-empowering. And so there is a, a a just, you know, a conflict between the two programs that I've been You know, diligently working at trying to um, fix uh, because you can do if you do the 12 steps and you like the 12 steps, smart recovery is only going to help you work the steps better. OK, mm-hmm. one of my friends is uh, Molly May Washington. She does Celebrate Recovery, which is the fastest growing recovery program in the country. Mm-hmm. And it is a 12 step based program. And the two programs can work hand in hand. She actually takes Smart Recovery tools and applies them in her Celebrate Recovery. So there's there's the only difference is that, you know, the 12 steps say we're powerless mm-hmm. and and. You know, we say we're powerful, and the two can be reconciled. They can be true at the same time. We're talking about different things now. There's inside-out thinking and outside-in thinking, and we're powerful over our internals, our thoughts, and what we choose to do and say. Sure, Right? We're powerful over the things in our immediate range, but we're powerless over other people, the weather, um, time, death and uh, you know a lot of things so yep. yes we're power we can be powerless and we can be powerful not completely powerless and not completely powerful um so yeah. but that's not the manner in which 12 step programs typically say right. i
1: am powerless yeah. i mean they, they don't mean you're powerless to control others i mean you're powerless to control your addiction yeah. which is
2: a self-fulfilling prophecy once mm-hmm. you label yourself as anything whether it's libertarian or anarchist that's or what you are addict yep. you start acting as that. Mm-hmm. So when you label yourself as addict or alcoholic, then you, you start acting, I can't stop it. Oh, and then you justify, the oh, I'm an addict. I can't stop. It's a disease. And if it's a disease, it's a thinking I'm just disease. a victim. Right. So my personal position on the disease model, I don't believe it's a disease. It's mm-hmm. a thinking, a thought. Yeah, you can Talk, change your thoughts. Change your thoughts change your reality, and change your reality
0: 100%. Uh, let's get back into sure. the insane reality that you were experiencing where they, you were just telling us that they had had enough of you at the Merrimack County Jail Right. Uh, With, you know, you being there for drug charges, nonviolent, victimless uh, drug charge and getting into it with uh, some of the guards. You didn't want to go to, to court, et cetera. There was some conflicts. Uh, they tossed your cell. They stole your blankets from you. They were just giving you the worst time to put you in solitary, claiming that you asked for it, which you're like, I didn't ask for this. What are you talking about? So like, all right, well, you don't like it in solitary here. We're going to take you to the special housing unit, the solitary block
2: of the prison. Right. the state prison state prison yes pre-trial pre-trial
0: what so what? I was
2: there a year at nine months um, pre-trial so that would be it what? was like I was in the county
0: what happened to for three right? months what happened to the right to a speedy trial
2: so a I was year? I was actually in the hole, punitive segregation which is the prison within the prison uh-huh. uh, for a year and six months I have the longest consecutive whole sentence in the history of the state prison. So the the warden ended and up letting... It wasn't letting, even a sentence. Right. No, I was all pre-trial. The warden let me out early um, after um, they they sent me to spew for 90 days to try to get a like reading on me. What's up with this guy? And when they What's is spew? Spew is a secure psychiatric unit, which okay. is supposedly not part of the prison. It's part of the New Hampshire hospital, mm-hmm. but it's on the... Top floor of the CCU in the prison on the prison property, mm. and it's run by prison guards and prison medical staff. Okay, so uh, they had me there for ninety days. Um, I won't even get into all that. They tried to get me to shave God. my beard. I told them uh, it's religious. I it's won't awesome shave beard, it. Man. Thanks, I yeah. appreciate it. <laughs> and um, so they end up sending me back to the hole to finish up my whole time. And I'm there, and the. The captain calls me down to the office. They're like, the Captain wants to talk to you. So I was cool with the captain, Captain Gagliardi, if you're hearing this. What's up, buddy? And uh, so I go down there. I talk to him. He said, Everything's taken care of. We already talked to the warden. He's going to give you a time cut. All you got to do is write a request slip and ask for a time cut for Meredith's behavior. I said, I can't do that, sir. He said, Why? I said, Because my behavior has not changed. I said, the only thing that's changed is your officer's behavior. So you haven't even heard about the things that have started there. I still
0: don't understand how they can can keep somebody in a prison cell pre-trial for a year. How does that even happen? I mean, it's
1: just so bizarre. I, I would imagine the jail was charging him with some sort of rules violations.
3: I, we, oh, I
2: had I started to get rule violations after that. Hold that thought. More coming up here. Uh, we'll continue
0: with Footloose. This is Free Talk Live at fest
3: The next generation wallet is coming from Divi. In just a few taps, you'll be able to send, earn, spend, and exchange digital money in seconds. Send money around the globe with only a swipe. Instantly exchange between Divi, Bitcoin, and fiat right in the mobile app and withdraw directly to your bank account. Divi already offers the first one-tap solution for earning passive. Passive income with crypto. Multi-tiered masternodes allow everyone to partake in the network. Visit DiviProject.org. DiviProject.org.
4: Yeah!
0: Free Talk Live. We're at ForkFest 2020. You can go to forkfest.party, learn more about this event. It's going on for the next two weeks, so you've got plenty of time to get up here and join us. Uh, we'll be talking with all kinds of interesting folks over the next two weeks of broadcasting from here at our remote broadcast site, right up at the top of the hill. Uh, as you're coming into the park, you can't miss us. We've got a big LRN.fm, Free Talk Live banners and such. So come on out, say hello. Uh, maybe sit in for a segment if you got something to talk about. Uh, it's Ian. Are yeah. you? And uh, Footloose is here with us, hey. telling us, uh, regaling us with just a horrifying, one of the worst jail stories that I think I've heard in in my time, is pretty horrifying, especially considering, I mean, none of it would be okay, uh, but especially considering that you weren't even convicted of right. the thing that they put you into the facility and then ultimately into uh, segregation, solitary confinement, for a long time. You were in a, uh, a jail for a little while. They ended up put you in the prison, special housing unit, so you're being segregated uh, in solitary there. And uh, like you said, I'm sure you can go into all manner of sub-stories and such, but why were you not able to go to trial
2: in any of this? Like you said, you were there for over a year in just the prison pre-trial? So, yeah, I was pre-trial. And it's just whenever the competency thing starts and, you know, they – Oh, they were assessing you for competency some, still. So it takes forever that you got to see a specialist from the, from the state, and then we get to have our specialists, and it's – it's So they're know.
0: arguing in court over whether or not you're competent to stand trial, is that the idea? Right. And that's what took them over a year to do?
2: Right. Wow. I All
1: mean right. we're we're at like two and a half years into this story, aren't we? Yeah. Well, <laughs> so we, we, well we got up to two it. and a yeah. half, yeah, but we, we
2: backtracked. So so we'll start back where we left off, which was me getting shipped to the prison. So a few days so between me we popping all off the...
1: at the special psychiatric unit.
2: Oh well, that. But I kind of, I kind of skipped the part there. Okay. I jumped okay. ahead there. Ahead. So, so they send me from the jail, and um, they have me in a sheriff car and uh, another sheriff following. You know, just because they're like, oh, this guy's yeah, sure. two guy crazy. He's crazy. He took on ten cops. You know, and uh, but I never heard anybody. I never saw anybody. No, nothing like that. Right. Um, and i hurt myself <laughs> mm-hmm. so i get to the prison and usually they the policy is that they have to bring you to booking and you get booked at booking and then they send you wherever from booking so they bring me to the shoe side and they tried they were going to book me at, right at shoe so we pull in the sally port and i'm just chit-chatting with the the sheriff and all these ninja turtles sh- show up right these shoe guys, they got all their, they got oh, their vests, and they got, they're all battled. they're ready to go, and they came and they looked like they were ready for war, mm-hmm. right? Somebody
0: called them; they knew what they were getting into,
2: right? Yeah. Well, what I didn't realize was that the 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 transfer papers, the county jail said that I was highly assaultive towards staff, mm-hmm. so they said. <laughs> So these guys got to hit. They're like, "Oh, they're sending over somebody who's been assaulting staff. We're gonna, we're gonna." Take Even though him. you only defend we're gonna give yourself. him a warm welcoming, right? Yeah. So, and I didn't assault anybody. No, you it defended was, yourself, right? I, def- I and I didn't. Nobody got hurt. They didn't. I'm the one that got messed up, yep. and uh, so they say, "Oh, is this a, you? Bring, is this the transfer?" And he's like, "Yeah, this is the transfer." He says, "Oh, is he giving you a problem?" The They're guy, ready to go. They go. He goes. No. What do you mean? No. I've transported this guy a number of times. He he never given me a problem. This is mm-hmm. cool. And they were like, oh, well, we t- we were told that you're getting a highly assaultive uh, transfer. And this is. He's like, no. Th- well, I don't know about that. This is the transfer, though. This is the guy. He goes. Yeah. No. And then so there's this guy in the cr- in the the crow house or whatever they call it, the tower. Mm-hmm. He, it's—I forget his name—but he he got into a fight with another guard in the parking lot and sued over it anyway. But huh. he, so he's hated by the other guards, and he's like, "No, the policy is he's got to be brought to booking. You're supposed to bring him through booking. This isn't the way you're supposed to bring him in here." And blah 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 blah. And so they're like, "All right, we'll bring him from here over to booking, so the guy doesn't have to drive around." So they bring me over to booking, and. I had a piece of string on my finger that I had, it's loosely tied there. Mm-hmm. Tie a string on your finger to help you remember things. Right. So because of my memory, I was writing a lot of notes, and I would forget to even that I wrote notes. Okay. <laughs> so the they want to take the string off my finger, and the guy was like, give it now, and I'm like, I'll just put it in my envelope here, my stuff, and you guys can just search through it. And he goes, no, you're going to give it to me now. And I, I said. And I'm like. Oh, I put it back on my finger, and I go, no. And he's like, (laughs) this ain't the county jail. We tell you what to do here, and you listen. I said, sounds like the county jail to me. (laughs) (laughs) And he says, listen, I'm giving you. He leaves. He comes back with motorcycle gloves with the armor, knuckle plates, like Uh carbon fiber, and he's strapping those on all like, and this dude, Corporal Daniels, what's up, Corporal Daniels? We're cool anyways, even though he beat the hell out of me. Um, he actually kneeled on me like George Floyd. This is mm. so. This is this is I've been in that position. Yep. So, all because you wouldn't give him a string. All because I anything. wouldn't give him a string on my finger. Yeah. <laughs> so they're like, we're gonna come in there and we're gonna get that string. And I it's said, not that you weren't willing to give it to them. I was, to it to <laughs> I was willing to give it to him. I was willing to put it in the envelope. But that wasn't good enough for him. So it was no, because he wanted to throw it away.
0: Yeah. You yeah. might hurt yourself with that string. Something. So we're gonna yeah. kneel on you.
2: Yeah. So he. They open the door. They come in there. I just dove on the thing. I just, like, clenched my fist, and I protected it, and mm-hmm. they just cuff me up, and they bring me to a tank. Now, once they get me in the tank, it's an empty room, and now I'm surrounded by, like, 10 or 15 cops, and they uncuff me again. Put your hands up. Got my hands up. They go, the string off your finger, and I said the same thing. I was like, F you. Come get it. And I, I dove on the ground. <laughs> I basically turtled up, uh-huh. right? I dove on the ground and covered it, and they jump on me. And he kneels on my neck like George Floyd. So he's kneeling on my neck, and now I'm trying to get off the ground now. I'm like, who the hell does this guy think he is? He's kneeling on my neck and giving me body blows with the gloves on. Bang, bang, bang. And then he says, spray him. They empty a whole can of pepper spray in my face. Wow. A whole can. And... Uh, they got my arm behind my back, and they were starting to get the string, and so there's my poor judgment again. I'm thinking in my head, oh, I'm just going to say, you win, and they're going to stop, and it's going to be over with, right? Mm. So I go, you win, and I let my hand go so they could take it off, and he takes it off, grabs my thumb, and popped it out Ugh. of its socket. They're trained on how to do that, not to break it. He pops it out of the socket. Oh! And, uh, Ah. yeah, so then I stand up. They cuff me. I stand up. I'm soaked, and I have kind of long hair, and uh, I shake my head like a dog, and they're all staring at me while I do it. So I got all of them in the face with pepper spray.
0: Oh, wow.
2: Wow. So they didn't like that too much. This was when you just arrived. And I just arrived, so that kind of, you know. They didn't
1: like it, but they caused it. That's true. I mean, this was their doing. Yeah. Right. So, and, and it's over a string that a string. was tied around your finger because you're, you're concussed. It's and over
0: obedience, a... right? It's over right. obedience. They over told obedience. him to take the string off, and he said no, and they punished him to the maximum force that they could. All right, so you go immediately into segregation after this.
2: Right, so I was, on a, uh, I was in shoe on a tier for like a week or two, and then they put me d- directly into the hole after. I got 55 days in the hole for that. So then mm-hmm. how did I get so much other hole time, right? This one cop... Every day you have standing count. So you have to you you stand sh- outside or inside your cell? No, inside your cell. cell inside. They just go standing count. They come down the tier, and they look in there to see if you're alive and yep. moving. And most of the cops, they'll just be like, are you moving? And you just wave to yeah. them if you're sleeping or something. They're like, yeah, and they keep going. And this one guy, he would be like, standing count. And I'd be like, wave to him. And he'd be like, no, you got to stand. You got to at least put in your bed or whatever. I'm in my bed. Uh Yeah. And he'd be like, you have to stand. And so I would go, okay. And right when you put your foot on the floor, he'll walk away. Mm -hmm. Like, dude, you didn't even make me. So it's like a power thing. It's Mm -hmm. another. So I said, okay. And it's the hyperaggression from the head trauma. I just was like, I'm not standing for that guy. So I stopped standing for that guy. And he started writing me up every day. Mm. It turned in once a regular B ticket turn, gets happens like two or three times in thirty days, it turns into A ticket. So I started getting these A tickets. And it's it's fifteen days imposed whole time each, five days for the B's, and I was getting an A and a B. So I was getting twenty days imposed whole time per week for okay. like there was like thirty six instances of these tickets. So I had like three years to do in the whole, right? Jesus. And this is all pre-trial. All pre-trial. <laughs>
0: justice we want justice <laughs> so <laughs> this is what they want
2: no you don't want this i'll try to give you the cliff notes from here on like um Hold i that thought yeah sure <laughs> more with uh footloose ian and aria here in our
0: remote studio this is Fort fest free talk live we're here at forkfest 2020 you can go to forkfest.party and you can learn more about the event uh, which is essentially a non-event and what i mean by that is there's no one who is in charge there's no board of directors there's it's decentralized right so there's nobody who is an organizer of forkfest forkfest just happens during a certain time frame and people who are cool show up and hang out and they do things Uh, that are cool in a lot of cases. I have yet to go down to the Dome, uh, which is a a little ways down the hill from here, Uh, but the guys from Anypay of course, have put up their epic Dome once again. They put it up last year, threw a few parties in there, and uh, I believe they're doing the Space Disco this Friday night at that Dome. I know last year their parties were invitation only, so uh, we'll do our best to get you an invite, uh, Footloose, because I think you'd get along with those guys.
2: That'd be great
0: uh so yeah so ian and aria with our special guest footloose i didn't know how long this interview was going to go uh you know it's one of those things where we we play we play it by ear no no please don't apologize it's very interesting very outrageous uh we we play things by ear if somebody's you know if it's just typical interview it's going to be a segment we're going to move on but this was uh we're coming up on two hours bizarre uh this was just shocking and he's revealing to us just how horrifying the government's jail system is how inhumane uh, it is how uh, f- obsessed uh, with control that mm-hmm. these people are that uh, work in these prisons and jails. And all of the things you've been describing to us over the last hour and a half or so of this interview all happened to you pre-trial, meaning you weren't convicted right. by a jury or even by a judge right. of anything, but yet you've spent now in, the t- I think, the time frame that you've been telling us about – well over a year and a half or so. Almost two years in the two hole. Two years behind bars. Almost all the time was in the hole. Uh, ultimately at the prison. They moved you to the state prison and put you in the hole there. And uh, so you just kept getting these 20-day, 20-day, 20-day sentences for not getting out of bed fast enough when right. some goon uh, was demanding that you do that. And that's where you were going to pick Michael up. Michael
2: Miller. The, and you uh, said
1: it was only one who demanded that you actually get out of
0: bed, Right. The rest of the Michael guards were Miller. fine with you just
2: waving. Uh, yeah, the other ones were fine with me just waving, and um, I think what happened was that they messed with him and got him. Is this him the to guard you after- were talking about who was always in a bad mood because he, was, he wasn't yeah, well liked? Yeah, he's just like a tight ass. You know, he's just a you know, by the book kind of guy, and um, he you know. Power, power hungry. Oh, yeah. Do what I say if you don't do what I say. And so what I think happened was that the other guards told him, because he told me one day, he was like, you stand for everyone else. They told me you stand Uh. for them. (laughs) I'm like, no, I don't, man. So I think they got, they were like, you know, hazing him a little bit Uh to get him to, they knew he would do that to me. So anyways, the warden ends up letting me out early, right, without me asking, Mm -hmm. because he knew that it was unjustified. Now, are they
1: letting you out of prison or letting you out uh, of solitary? Out of the hole.
2: So at this okay. point, I've been sentenced. I've got. I've had my trial. Oh, really? Oh, I've so it actually, took, we so skipped took that. two years. I had to, a trial, and then I had. I had a mistrial. Sorry, and then they tried me again, and I had a. Uh, uh, so I had a hung jury, and then I, I got found guilty. They, you know, yeah, I won't even get into all that. But so
0: it took. It took about two years to get to the actual
2: trial. To finish it and complete it. Unbelievable. Yes. By that time, I was sentenced. And what was on the sentence? On two trials. What was the sentence? Oh, boy. I got, this was for drug possession. So I drug possession, and then they hit, They had a bail jumping as well for the drug possession that they okay. were charging me with. That, because that a Because my memory problem. Yeah, it was a, a felony. Uh-huh. So they gave me a uh, two-and-a-half to seven for the drugs. Felony which is, drug. Which is a right. seven-year sentence. It's mm-hmm. seven and possibly getting out in two-and-a-half. So it's maximum sentence, basically, yeah. uh, on the drugs. And then a, um, I think it was a... Two and a half to five suspended for five years on the bail jumping,
0: okay
2: consecutive to the uh, the drug charges so so you were looking at seven and a half to twelve years yes, so while I did i I ended up doing um, four years and nine months before I finally paroled out Wow. Four years including the t- the two that you were in pre-trial, right? So, yes, yes, okay. t- total. So I was yes. in solitary confinement the entire time. Even when I went to SPEW, the Secure Psychiatric Unit, that was solitary Wait, what confinement. What about when
0: the warden let you out?
2: That was still solitary confinement. The only so he difference, let you out of what into solitary? What he means? let me out of the hole. The hole, the punitive, worst of all. It's called punitive segregation. Describe
0: the difference for our listener between solitary
2: confinement and the hole. What's the difference? The difference is in the hole, there's 24-7 lights.
0: Oh, my God. There
2: is okay. no plugs. Okay, so It's no literal. Outlets. Torture.
0: Yeah. that's
2: 24-7 lights, and um, you're not allowed to order coffee or anything like that. You, so no no commas. You don't get state pay. So this is another thing. To buy hygiene and stamps, they give everyone state pay, and then you get different jobs to earn higher amounts of state pay, and whatever the most you can get is like $2 a day. And um, so you get $0.85 cents a day state pay, I believe. Mm-hmm. When you're in punitive segregation, you don't get – State pay. Right. So I was in there the whole time. I wasn't allowed to buy stamps, paper, envelopes, nothing. So I had to have other guys. I had to fish out throw a line under the door and uh-huh. tie our lines and get stuff from other guys. Wow. Yeah. And um So I, you were in so even though you were in the hole, it was still in the segregation
0: unit, it's just a special
2: There's two tiers, that's eight cells per tier. There are um and then there's upstairs and downstairs and there are it's like a a three pronged cross. Right. And at this point, they're denying you things that they are required to give you according to the freaking Geneva Convention, right? Like basic, oh, like basic well,
1: hygiene how items about and things
2: like that. A dictionary. How about uh-huh. I went to court one day from the hole for my trial? I come back and my dictionary's gone. I bought it in the hole. It was on the the because the, you can buy um, hygiene stuff. So it was on the okay. hygiene list. So I so bought you can, it. So
0: you can't get most commissary, but you can you get, can get the, basics stri- of, the basics. You can get okay. some toothpaste.
2: Yeah, yeah, toothpaste okay. and paper. And okay. So um, I
1: were... – But with what money? Because they're denying you that as well, right?
2: Right. So they. I think I got a little bit of state pay. And uh, I'm not trying to think how did I – I think my buddy – one of the guys had his mom send me a little bit of money or mm-hmm. something. So I had a tiny bit. I bought um, – the, the dictionary, it was like I had nothing to read, so I bought a dictionary. And then I'd, there's stuff in the back, you know, facts and things like that. So I'd flip through the dictionary all day and learn words. And i come back, and it's gone. It's gone. the only thing I had, right? So I said, where's my dictionary? I want my dictionary. They end up giving me a dictionary with another guy's name in it. Because they write your name Hmm. in it. Whenever you get something like that, they'll write your name and number in it. So I'm like, this isn't my dictionary. This is somebody else's. I said, I don't want this. Well,
0: also, it's important to point out the reason why you don't want it, and I'm just – let me guess at at this, is if they toss your cell and they find something in your cell that doesn't belong to you, you get a write-up for that. Exactly. So, so you can't I, have somebody else's dictionary.
2: That's what I was, that was my, re- they I'm were like, setting you up. You, that too. I didn't think of it like that, yep. but I was thinking that you're going to be able to take it from me.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: You're going to say, oh, that's not yours. We're going to take it from you now. Oh, another, you know, yep. it's another thing for them to mess and they'll with me write you with. up. So I, so I ended up, uh, I planned this thing out and I ended up holding myself hostage. I barricaded my cell <laughs> and um, Jesus, sent them a note <laughs> and declared war. When and, you're in the hole,
0: you got nothing to lose, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah,
2: and I said I want my stuff because they also lost all my property when I transferred from the jail. I had a trash bag of papers and, yep. and all my writings and poems. They mm-hmm. lost it lost. all. They lost. They, they lost, it. lost uh-huh. it all. With my dad, you know, my dad's ashes somehow turned up though. I had a little pendant with huh. my dad. They they found that somehow, but you know, the, ru- the all the other stuff just vanished. Wow. <sighs> Four. Years, nine months,
0: in solitary, basically the entire time. Right. And how much of it was in the hole? Uh, a year and nine months. Wow. And uh, let's just talk so you you were forced
1: to spend a year and nine months in a room with 24-7 lights.
4: Correct.
0: That is torture. Let's explain why that's torture. So it's torture enough to just be disconnected from humans, right? Like that's why solitary – Uh, segregation is torturous generally because you have no... Sensory uh, deprivation. Well, there's that, but you have no... It uh, it is literal torture. Correct. Uh, That's generally considered torture. You add to that being 24-7 lighted, then you lose the connection with the circadian rhythms, right? Because then you you don't know when it's nighttime. It's always daytime. Mm -hmm. And so you start to just completely disconnect from any kind of natural cycles.
2: Am I right about this? Yes, I actually... I've i I've fixed it, but I had a circadian rhythm disorder. It is in my prison file. So Man. um so yeah, so where were we now? I don't know. I don't yeah, know I where know. to go from there. It's just <laughs> so the most So crazy. basically so I'm in there and um now this there's different classification levels. I was C five which is maximum. And so after they said I was behaving and they let me out, uh-huh. they gave me a lower classification which allows me to go to CCU. So one day they come and they gave ba- most of the guys on my tier bags to pack up to leave to go to CCU the and next CCU day. CCU is what again? CCU is below Spew. Which is supposed to be not part What's of. the it prison. stand for? It's closed custody unit. Okay. So it's a little bit less restrictive. You get out with guys, you can get in fights. So there's and some you population could, you could hit Pat, you, know, you go out with the pop- population and go to the, the chow hall mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So you have a little bit more freedom. And um, so they'd already tried. I mentioned them trying to shave my beard and 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 spew. And I told them it was hold that thought. We'll uh, we'll pick up on. Uh, Prison Adventures with <laughs> Footloose
0: here in moments. This is Free Talk Live. We're at ForkFest 2020. Go to forkfest.party to learn. Looking
3: for a great real estate investment? Consider New Hampshire, which is ground zero for the Liberty Movement. Your first call should be to Mark Warden from Porcupine Real Estate. He's more than just a real estate agent. He's your New Hampshire concierge. Where are the best places to live? Do you want farm, city, the burbs, or forest? Do you want a duplex or multi-family building so that renters pay your mortgage? There are homes in all price ranges in New Hampshire, and Mark can help with financing, too. Invest in Liberty and property. Mark Warden can help. Porcupinerealestate.com
4: Free Talk
0: Live. It's Free Talk Live. We're here at forkfest 2020. You can go to forkfest.party and learn more about the event. And I just noticed that my dog needs some water. So I'm going to give her some of that because it is awfully hot out here. So Ari- it is now that the sun is back out. I mean, it, it was so nice. It thundered a
1: bit and it was overcast. And now it's mostly clear sky. Well, it's not clear. I mean, there's some haze. It's but, beautiful I mean, it is, right now. it's, yeah, yeah, very it's nice. beautiful. The sun's back out. It's warming up again. Like we were saying at the start of this show. The weather changes here constantly. So people are all worried, oh, it might rain on July the 4th. I mean, yeah. That's okay. It might not. And even if it does rain, just wait a few minutes and it will
0: stop. We'll set off the fireworks (laughs) anyway. It's all right. Well, Uh, for us, it does matter because we'll have a lot of music equipment out. Oh, good point. Good point. Uh, but yeah, mostly you, know, you can uh, you can weather the storms here. Just bring a jacket, or just you know get wet. No big deal. Definitely bring a hoodie for yeah. anyone who has for never nighttime. been here before yeah, because it gets cold. Yeah. It gets cold at night. Uh, although it probably won't be too too bad up here, at least given how how warm it's been during the day. So uh, we're kicking off our third hour here of what is being recorded on day number one, and it's Ian and Aria in the studio. We got Footloose with us here, and I want to tell you first before we continue. About liberty.menu, it is a website for liberty-minded folks, people who actually care about freedom. If you agree with things like the non-aggression principle, then you really should be over at liberty.menu. You can list the things that you do there. Maybe you've got a business that you want to promote. Uh, Maybe you've got an event or some sort of other, you know, endeavor that you want other Liberty-minded folks to know about. Liberty.menu lets you do it, and they let you do it for zero cost. It is a free site. So head on over to Liberty.menu. I'm sure Patrick, the founder of Liberty.menu, will be around at some point. We'll probably interview him, see what he's up to uh, these days. So check that out, Liberty.menu, as we continue here. Frank, uh, so you ended up going to – I'm trying to cut the – we always have to recap for our, our right. listener, for listeners just tuning in. Uh, you know, We always have to recap. Frank went to jail, ultimately to prison – On uh, drug charges, nonviolent, you didn't hurt anybody, just had some drugs. And uh, they put you in there for four years and nine months. A lot of it was segregation, almost all of it. All of it, Uh,
2: except the very beginning.
0: Yeah, and then you got into... two years of it were in the hole. Yeah, and then you got into, you were just getting into the part of the story where you said they were going to let you out of SHU, which is the special housing unit, which is the segregation unit, and put you into CCU. CCU. which is a less controlled unit where you would have some sort of daytime with the uh, the other inmates, pretty, uh, population right. let you out, and uh, that's where you
2: picked, uh, left the story off. Sure, and, you know, I've been out in population before. I did a, a six-year sentence prior to this sentence, mm-hmm. um, but that's, another, that's a whole different thing. So I get out there. Uh, well, before, the night before, he's handing out bags, and the sergeant— who makes a with your personal items. Yeah, okay. Sergeant Scott Marshall at the time. So he comes and he says, I can't wait to see that face without a beard on it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> they got to aggravate me and because he knew he, you know, he's just trying to throw it in my face. He's you gotta to shave to now, and yeah. I know you don't want to shave and I'm rubbing it in your face. So I said and I already was saying, I'm not gonna shave. He says, You have to. I said, No, I don't. He says, it's the rules in CCU. I said, I get it. That's your rules, but I'm not shaving. You're going to have to do what you're going to have to do. And so I get out there, and they're obviously now aware of it. Like, he's going to report, well, Footloose is going to uh, resist tomorrow with the shaving. So they concoct their little, their little plan, and what they did was they brought me over there with a bunch of other guys, and when it was my turn to shave, I was cuffed still, and I said, I'm not shaving. I refuse to shave It's against my religion. And he says, it doesn't matter. You're shaving. I said, no, it's against my religion. I'm not shaving. And she said, come here. Let me get those cuffs. Let me uncuff you Mm. to make me a threat. So Mm -hmm. he uncuffs me. And uh, he's like, you know, all these other guys are shaving. And I said, I'm not shaving. I'm telling you, man, I'm not shaving. And he's like, this is my unit. I control my unit. And I said, this is my face. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> i control my face he said okay i'm sending you back to shoe pc which is protective custody which is people who are you know um, a danger to themselves danger to right? them? well or their others uh well no it's their danger from others because they're rats oh and they okay. are sex offenders mm-hmm. and those are so the gonna people who trouble. are going to get extorted for yeah. rent you're going to have to pay rent and mm-hmm. Things like that. So they were trying to set me up in front of all these guy, literal killers mm-hmm. that I was being tra- you know, transferred over there with. And they're all looking at me. And I'm like, listen, man, I get it. You got to do what you got to do. I have no control over what you have to do. I only have control over what I have to do. And I'm not shaving. So he says, okay, here, take this piece of paper. You're going to sign and, sh- and write down why you want a PC. So he's really pushing the PC narrative. Mm-hmm. And I rip it in half. I stuck my arms out very slowly, ripped it in <laughs> half, and then... I wish I could have been in jail with you, man. This sounds so entertaining. <laughs> the next thing you know, these, the, they grab me, and, like, I don't even know because I briefly lost consciousness. The next thing you know, I'm smashed up against a pole with my arm up behind me, mm-hmm. and they're cuffing me up. So I'm like, what the hell? So then they tank me, and they try to negotiate. They're like, why don't you want to shave? And I said, you guys already know, blah, blah, blah. They said, we're going to send you back to shoot till you shave. So that's what they okay. did. They sent me back to Shoe, and um, I wound up back in the hole for something else. I can't even remember. And, so uh, you never got to CCU.
0: I, got, like five I, minutes. I was there
2: for like five <laughs> minutes. And um, so I'm back there, right, and they're like, okay, um, we're just going to leave you here till you shave. And so then my parole wow. was coming up, and I go to parole, and they deny my parole— Because I refuse to shave. So they're like, I get there. Yeah, so I get the parole, and they're like, so what's your religion? How long have you been practicing? When did you convert to it? And And it's like, that was my original religion, number one. I've been studying it since I was 13. And And what religion is it? Taoism. Okay. Love it. So...
1: So is it one of those things where you can just say it's, I guess, my religion to shave my beard because I want my
2: beard? Or is it actually part of Taoism that you have a beard? It is actually a part of Taoism. It, um, you got to think about energy and conserving your energy and your chi. And any time you expend energy, you're going to have to replace it. When you lose muscle or fat, you need to replace it. So if you lose your hair, your hair is made up of stuff. You know, nutrients and things And your hair serves a purpose Not only like antennas or a radiator But it helps you to Absorb more chi Obviously women can still But you shouldn't, like armpits And things like, you shouldn't be shaving The bodily hair off of you It serves a purpose, so once you shave it Your body is going to put all of its energy Into regrowing or fixing the wound Mm -hmm. It's a wound Mm -hmm. You don't chop your fingers off, do you? Mm -mm. No, so, you know what I mean? Um, uh, interesting viewpoint. So, did so? Does that mean you don't trim the the beard at all? It just I just cut the dead ends. I usually bite mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. All right. So, where were we? So, you basically spent the rest of uh, prison in
2: in the special housing unit. So, yeah. And there was
0: a lawsuit that came into this. Right. That's where so, here's gonna the go. lawsuit. We're going to try to
2: get to that. Right. So, I'm in the hole again. How many years in does this lawsuit happen? Uh two and a half years in. Okay. So now I'm. You've been um, sentenced. So the You're last two and a half years. I was held there strictly for refusing to shave my beard (laughs) so that from that point on. I mean, once you
1: get in their system, they can keep you as long as they want for
0: whatever arbitrary,
2: asinine
0: reason they want. Right. And it's always it's always disobedience. I mean, when it comes down to it, and this is one of the things we learned doing activism for years in in Keene, the only real crime is not doing what they say. Right, you know there's a lot of other things that they they'll they'll slap you on the hand for, but man, if they tell you to do x and you don't do x, then they come at you with the maximum force possible. they're going to x you, yeah, <laughs> they are all right, so you're two and a half years in
2: so well, this, I start so this guy uh had this guy was um and i i mean i've been. I filed a few motions and things like that. I'm familiar with the law, but this guy knew the exact forms and everything to do. So he got my foot in the door and filled out the, the proper forms for me to get the ball rolling. Mm-hmm. And from then on, I took over this lawsuit, and um, I ended up suing the parole board and the prison and you know everybody under the sun. And we eventually had a two-day trial uh, or a, a emergency hearing uh, injunction. I filed for an injunction. Is what mm-hmm. I did. So notoriously hard. What did you want in the injunction? To get out of Get my seg? R- I wanted to get out of seg. I wanted to get out of seg into population with my beard. Max out, do my time, whatever.
0: More with Footloose coming up here. We'll find out what happened with the uh, lawsuit. You uh, can also join us in real life at ForkFest. talk live we're here at fork fest 2020 ian and aria in our remote studio interviewing an extended interview basically a co-host at this point uh <laughs> footloose is with us here from where do you live manchester you manchester in, you're in manchester these days uh you're a new hampshire native and you spent uh, way too much time behind bars for not harming anyone uh, you got uh, ended up going to prison for a drug charge here in New Hampshire. And there was just this absolute nightmare that ended you up in solitary confinement or worse, in the hole, uh, for basically four plus years while you were there. And part of the latter portion of that time was because you refused to cut your beard. You refused to shave off your beard. It's an epic beard. Uh, it's also your religion. Uh, you're, you're a Taoist and the the jail of course doesn't understand you know they they they, they don't know what
2: it's been de- it, it took you know it, other people have tried to loosen the restrictions across the country in all different prisons all, all the federal ones allow beards right um, these cases have already happened. These cases right? have already happened, yeah. but to litigate them in each state is another story. Right. They have to be litigated by someone. Somebody's got to do it. And yeah. people have tried. They've tried. There was a, a, a Jewish guy who had keep locks, and they made him cut his keep locks. Oh, my. And, yep, Um. he, he had a good case, but he— And this was yeah, in New Hampshire. In New Hampshire. Okay. And um, they tried to use that case to say, well, because of this case— we don't care about this. There was new case law that I presented, but so this, this, this. Jewish so you
0: sued for an injunction.
2: I sued for an injunction to allow you to get out of uh, the hole because they put
0: you there because of your beard, and it should be a religious freedom.
2: Right, okay. and I should be allowed into population. I should be allowed to parole, yep. etc. So, long story short, we had a two-day trial uh, injunction where I represented myself pro se. Um, I. You know, was filing 50-page rambling, they called them scattershot motions, mm-hmm. but, you know, it's my brain damage. I can't help it when I'm doing these motions and I'm putting in extra detail and you can't hold me to a 10-page thing when I'm handwriting stuff. Um, so I successfully won after two days of, you know, cross-examining the warden and the par- the parole one of the parole people not the parole board members they wouldn't oh, no. let any of them there but um captains lieutenants and uh a number it was there was like 8 or 10 people on the list anyways i I ended up winning after we had to do a memorandum of the law and say who thought they won and why and all that. That's pretty amazing that you won, and you were up against the state's attorneys, right? Like, they had multiple, real attorneys. Multiple attorneys. Yeah, the state had real attorneys. They were there arguing, Francis I Francis Frederick. And, uh, What's up, buddy? He's a good guy. He's a nice guy. not a good guy, and he's
0: not a nice guy. He's clearly he, not a good guy. He spent time and money, uh, you know, going after you, and he could have just been like, yeah, he's right. Let him have his injunction. Uh, but... Uh, So, it's just absolutely shocking. And so the state was essentially going to argue, or did argue, for two days in court that it's not your religious freedom that we can cut your beard, and you trounced him.
2: Yes, nice job, thanks. So they said, yeah, you got to let him out, you got to let him into population, you got to let him out on parole. And then they said, "Okay, we're going to let him out on parole, but we're not going to let him out into population mm-hmm. because we still feel it's a security issue, and we're going to appeal this. Oh, to the circuit court. Wait, to the circuit court or to the Supreme Court? This was in court. U.S. District Court.
0: Oh, you filed this is a in federal, federal.
2: This is a federal law, 1983. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, Deprivation of rights. Yes. Okay. So, um, they. Uh, where was it? Wait. So did you. They wanted to appeal, so it would have gone. To they the wanted court to of appeals, appeals, right? It would have went to yes. Yeah, so they they were like, we what they were doing is buying time to get me out on parole mm. because once I'm out on parole. The the lawsuit goes away. Uh So what happened was a a lot of different organizations, uh, like religious rights organizations, came out the woodworks after I won. And they also gave me pro bono counsel to take care of the case. Oh, wow. And it's it's funny. My public defender who defended me on the mistrial in in the other trial, which I was there for, she was contacted by Wadley Starr and Peters, and they asked her to take the case. She was a public defender, Mm -hmm. Um, and she ended up getting with Wildly Star and Peters and did the case. is
0: a private defense firm? As a, yeah, so okay. they took
2: it pro bono and... Um, uh, so, you already won at the district court level. Right. Then they took the case at the appellate
0: court level? Is no, they happened? took
2: the case for damages and all that stuff once I got... So I hadn't been out yet, but they mm-hmm. were like, this case has merit. We're going to give you pro bono counsel. You don't have to do anything right now. We're going to look for counsel and, and whatever. And, and they found the counsel. So... She took the case while I was waiting to get out, and they gave but I had my parole. So they're like, "Fill out this thing and fill out that so you can parole." And so I filled out a form to go to Helping Hands, which is a specialty shelter in Manchester, and um, I got my plan approved. I had a date to get out, and um, one day, it was July 25th, um, 2015. So the guy who came up to me and was like, I can't wait to see what your face looks like without that beard, Scott Marshall. Mm -hmm. What's up, Scott? One of the guards. One of the guards. Um, He has, you know, he's lieutenant now, I think, Mm -hmm. and he has some of the guards come and they're like, you got bags, you're moving. And when you're in maximum security, the more you move people around, the less secure it is. Mm-hmm. Contraband can be moved that way to different tiers, and it's less yep. secure. So they just want – it's called diesel therapy. When they move you from cell to, cell to cell to cell to cell to cell to cell. And they had done it to me before, so they were they were starting that. Now that mm-hmm. I won the lawsuit, it was retaliation. All right. And so – We're
0: not going to let you stay in one place for long. We're not going to –
2: yeah. you up We're going to mess you. And so they knew that if they said, you have to move to I-tier. Now, I-tier has cameras in the cells. Mm-hmm. In the cells. Yep. That's a tier for punishment people that are on suicide watch or that have burned things or that have done something. And I hadn't done anything. So I said, I'm not moving to I tier. I said, I'll go to any (laughs) other tier, but I'm not going to I tier. That's a punishment tier. What did I do? They said, you're moving. And I could tell with their attitude that it was going to be a thing that day. So I was sleeping naked because it was Mm -hmm. hot. Yeah. Right. So I have a bowel movement. This sergeant comes. I'm wiping my butt. And he opens up the tray slot. He's like, come cuff up. I have the video. So he says, Frank, come cuff up. I said, I'm not cuffing up. He says, come cuff up. I said, no. He says, come cuff up or I'm going to spray you. And now he's got a ballistic crowd control can. Okay. Okay. That's for outdoors crowds. Yeah. He he says, uh, and I can't see what he has behind the door. Uh Now he goes, you know, I'm going to spray you. I said, you know, F you. Do whatever you gotta do. Tase me, spray. Before I can even finish, he's already spraying me. So I'm like, spray me, tase me, do whatever you gotta do. And he's spraying me for ten seconds, Uh ten seconds straight, all over the side. It was like I was getting painted. So Uh. then he just shuts the slot and he's like, shut the video off. And then they left me there, in the cell, soaked with with pepper spray. Pepper spray, with no, you know, no ventilation, right? Nothing. I beasted it out for like two hours. They kept coming. They had to turn the vents on. They couldn't even stand outside the door. It was so bad. Damn. So they keep leaving, leaving. They come back, fine and they bring the nurse. They try to get me to cuff up for the nurse. Oh, come, cuff up for the nurse, so we can give you medical attention. I'm like, I'm not gonna cuff up for you. I'm not gonna cuff up for the nurse. You know. I, I, and <laughs> so it was a setup. You know. So hold, for- hold that thought. More with
0: uh, Footloose here <laughs> in moments. The uh, the jail mania continues here on Free. Do you want more businesses accepting Bitcoin Cash and Dash? Now with AnyPay, you earn passive income for every purchase at those businesses. Finally, a financial incentive to spread Bitcoin Cash and Dash. You made it happen, so you receive the rewards. Download the AnyPay Cash Register app and add your cryptocurrency wallet addresses. Then, install it at a real-life business and tell us what you did at AnyPayInc.com. anypayinc.com it's free talk live we're at fork fest 2020 here and uh, plenty of time for you to come up and join us at rogers campground very beautiful location and uh, you don't want to miss this event. I expect it's going to get even busier as the week goes on. Go to Forkfest.party to learn more about the event. It's Ian here with you tonight, and Arya, and also Footloose is joining us. Footloose, thanks for right. st- sticking with us and telling this uh, amazing and shocking and horrifying story all at once. Uh, but I want to invite you also to AnarchoVegas Vegas and Crypto Vegas. It's coming up in well Vegas. Uh, coming up July eighteenth and nineteenth, so we're just about a month away from this event. It's, it's gonna be here before you know it. You're gonna get to see some great speakers, including Juan Galt, Anastasia Sergevina, Lynn Ulbricht, Jim Bell, Elise Sam, Float CEO Kingsley Edwards, and more. They'll all be at Crypto Vegas. And then the next day you got Anarca Vegas. Uh, at anarchovegas.com. They'll be having speakers including Jim Bell, Larkin Rose, Ovins O'Brien, G. Edward Griffin, Walter Block, Amanda Rockwitz, Ernie Hancock, and more. Daily tickets for each event are just $20.20. 20. And you can go to anarchovegas.com and cryptovegasconference.com. You can use code FTL. You'll save 10% on their VIP tickets. It's July 18th and 19th. Join Free Talk Live for Crypto Vegas and Anarcho Vegas 2020. So uh, let's see. We were talking with you, Footloose, about there was the lawsuit that you won, and this was over them trying. To, you were in prison uh, for nonviolent, victimless crime, and they were putting you in segregation in the special housing unit, ultimately in the hole for some amount of time. You wanted to uh, to get out. They were supposedly going to let you, but they wanted you to shave your beard. Right, and you said no thanks. Uh, this well they wanted early. to prove that they had broken your spirit correct yes. and they had not uh, and you sued them over it you won the suit uh, this was about two and a half years into your four plus year
2: sentence that was uh show about right towards the end towards the so end f- okay you know f- about four years and six months uh, into the sentence is where I about where I won you had some attorneys come in to help you you won. Pro Pro
0: bono, pro se, se. sorry, pro se, meaning by yourself. Uh, You're not a professional attorney, but you won this case for your religious freedom to have the beard, and then they wanted to appeal it. And so some attorneys came in to help you with that. And I think that's where we left off, and I'm not yeah.
2: sure. Yeah, so they were like, we're going to appeal it. And it was just a move for them to delay it long enough for me to get my parole because they were trying to force me out, get me, get rid of me. They didn't want to let me out into population with my beard. Mm-hmm. If they let me out into population with my beard, they see it as he won, he's going to get all this personal power mm. from all the inmates, and that could potentially cause them to do similar type things. So right, they like they, stand up for their rights. Right. Yeah, so they couldn't that. let that happen. <laughs> and so um of course there's the administration they want me out of the prison. The the guards that want to mess with me, they don't care. They want to mess up my parole. They'll keep me there forever. Mm-hmm. Right? So he comes, knows I'm going to refuse to move, asks me to move, pepper sprays me, leaves me there oh, right. yeah, yeah. for in hours in my cell tries to get me to cuff up again and then lunchtime comes they give me they got to give me like got to feed everybody so now they feed me now I'm eating tuna out of a cup and the guard comes and he's like are you going to are you going to pack your stuff I said you're going to have to suit up and come <laughs> tase this tuna cup out of my hand cuz that is the policy that's the procedure it's not to spray somebody you know in a cell in, in in closed environment, that's not what it is. The there is an actual policy. They have to suit up. They have to get a lieutenant's permission. If someone refuses to move, they have to get a lieutenant's permission to force the move. Hmm. And they did not do that, but they still gave them qualified immunity. Oh, of course. So to, so what happened was they gave them qualified. They switched the judge once it once I got out, and. Um, you know, I did eventually get out. I actually had to file for a temporary restraining order to have them follow me around with a video camera. I, I'm like, you guys got to follow me around with a video camera because these guys are trying to retaliate They'll against me. they cook something up. They're going to cook something up anytime there's an interaction with me. So the judge was like, oh, the, so the, the guy just below the ward in Major Fouts, He filed a motion saying, we're going to follow him around with a camera willingly. Basically, they said, we're going to do everything he's asking for, so don't grant him the motion. So it was a way for them Mm -hmm. not granting me the motion because they were going to grant it anyway. So they probably told them, listen, say this so that he doesn't get this motion granted because that's case law. Right? Mm. So. (sighs) Wow. Yeah. So they. um, Where was I now? Were they
1: successful? I mean, did they. Were they successful in that little political ploy, and did they actually then follow you around with the yes, camera as you they did.
2: So what I said, I was like – but the problem with that uh, – uh, to the judge, I said – because he's like, oh, he's going to do what you ask. I said, but they're, they're willingly doing it, meaning they can willingly stop at any time. Mm, sure. And the judge said, well, I don't think that Major Fouts is going to do that, are you? And he goes, no, <laughs> no, no we're know, not going to do that. No, we're not going to do that. And he said, okay. So it's basically a warning. they uh-huh. threat. And um, so they started following me around with a video camera. I mean, I've had them threaten to ride me down the stairs while I'm handcuffed and they're trying to get me back in the cell. They're pulling me down and trying to get me to turn around so they can, like, attack uh, uh, me or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So one cop will pull your arm so you turn. And the other cop says, oh, you're resisting, or you're Uh turning around, and you're supposed to face the other direction. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, Anyways, so I beasted it out, and they ended up moving me to a different cell, not on I-tier. They moved me to H-tier, which shows that they didn't really need to move me to I-tier or want to move Mm -hmm. me to I-tier. Why would you let me move to H-tier in the end? So I moved to H-tier, did the rest of my time there, and got out on parole. And, and so uh, the case didn't go forward because of that. the case kept going. Yeah. So the, the lawyer took over as far as the case went. Um, like I said, they 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 had already filed the qualified immunity thing and mm-hmm. they got denied on it. And then another judge came on and they started um, putting out bad orders and they filed another uh, qualified immunity motion. They took the parole board members off first. They said they had complete judicial immunity. Right. To do it. They they could violate my rights and interrogate me about my religion during. a. We have the record. I have the recording of it all. Okay, so wait, I'm getting a little lost here. Wait, the the parole board got took off of what? Off of the lawsuit. So they got they got granted qualified. So the judge took them
0: out. So you were suing
2: them. I was suing the parole board for denying my parole. They got taken off for for judicial immunity, full Mm -hmm. judicial immunity. And then it was just these two officers left. The one that threw me into the poll. And then yep. the one that pepper sprayed me. And they tried to get qualified immunity. They said no. And then they tried again once they got a different judge further on down the road uh, right before we were about to go to trial. They filed for qualified immunity again. Right? Which they'd already filed for before. And were rejected. And a judge was rejected. them. Yeah. So now they're saying, yeah, we have qualified immunity. And um, they granted it. So one judge denied. Then the next judge right took the case. Right before trial. Right before trial. So then I had to, we had to appeal that to the first circuit in Boston. Uh So we appeal that and, you know, I have my lawyer on that and whatever. I went down there for the, for the day and, um, you know, attended the event and, uh, I thought she did great. And then, um, she said it might take like two years or a year to get the, you know, she's like some lawyers in my office are waiting years for, for, cases you know to be heard and i said okay whatever you know it's it is what it is you know it's it's a thing i'm just yep. trying to get them to be held accountable so um uh, what was they denied the
0: oh or they they approved the qualified immunity so those oh, guys are so off the case so
2: okay. they're off the case and then um who's left at that who's left at that point right so now i have to appeal to united states supreme court that's the next stop that's the only stop. And you're appealing the their stop. removal? I'm appealing, appealing their qualified their immunity, qualified immunity okay. thing. So my lawyer's not hired for that. She's not pro bono for that. Uh, so she tells me, you have to represent yourself from here on out. At the Supreme Court? At the Supreme Court. So I try. I was trying to, and of course I'm trying to run my business. I'm trying to volunteer for SMART. And do all that, and I—it's no way. The only reason I was even able to come yes. close was because of all the time I
0: had in, in prison. In prison, right? And uh, look, uh, we can continue here with the final uh, segment in moments. But yeah, d- taking it even to the New Hampshire Supreme Court would be a confusing mess, right. and it would be difficult legally for somebody who doesn't have experience. There's more coming up here. It's free talk. For the final segment of the first episode from Forkfest 2020, the first of what will be basically two weeks of broadcasting. It's going to be a lot of uh, content coming from these campgrounds here. And uh, Ian and Aria in our remote studio as we are actually recording this on the first day. So we're actually a day in the past as you're listening to us. But ultimately, it doesn't matter because the show's not live. So you were going to say something. What like? is it like in the future? <laughs> it's like, I don't know. I guess our <laughs> listeners would know, but we don't, right? right. <laughs> so, uh, so anyway, thanks for being out there and listening. We got a little bit more here with Footloose. He's with us. Footloose, plug uh, one of your Facebook pages. I know you said you don't have a website at the moment, so we hate to send people to Facebook. but
2: Yeah, I know. I, you know I'd like to get off it, of, but I use it for my business. It's Humble House. Uh, like I said, we're the first secular option for transitional living and addiction recovery. Um, I came up with the program myself. It's a six-month program with three levels that people work through. And, um, you know, that Humble House Facebook page, check us out, give us a like. We also have a Humble House YouTube channel. There's a few things on there. I did a small uh, public access show, and um, that's that's a good one, I think, for people to check out. Humble House on YouTube? Humble House on YouTube as well. And then there's also Smart Recovery Manchester, New Hampshire, uh, facebook page that i i manage and i would also direct people to the smart recovery youtube channel um for people I, that that want to for break recovery. A drug addiction break drug, drug it's not just drugs so the beauty of smart recovery it works any for kind of any hang ups yeah. yeah like uh video games sex yeah. addiction gambling <laughs> uh spending money procrastination everything you can think of
0: that sounds really cool
2: yeah i wish good. we we should talk about that some more sometime but cool. we've got to finish this story so You've been through
0: this odyssey of a prison term with ridiculous behavior, violent behavior, insane behavior on the part of the guards. Psychological warfare. And uh, you end up suing to get let out of uh, segregation or let out of the hole or whatever, let out of uh, seg because of your beard. They wanted you to shave it. You refused. You won at the lower level of the courts. They appealed. You then uh, ended up getting dragged down in a technicality that had to go up to the Supreme Court. But the attorney who had been donated to you, the pro bono attorney, said, I haven't been paid for this, so therefore you have to either pay me or you (laughs) got to take this on yourself at the Supreme Court level. Which is United States Supreme Court? Yeah, any SCOTUS. Supreme Court, it's going to be <laughs> a different ball game. I mean, if you, you know, if you're like me and you've got a little bit of criminal court experience, doing you know little charges here and there, that doesn't. It's not the same thing at the Supreme Court level. It's a completely different situation. So I imagine you were a little
2: overwhelmed with that, big time, especially with my schedule with the volunteering in my yeah. house and, the, and everything. And you're so out on probation at this time, right? I was maxed out on parole now at this point. Okay, parole. So no more parole. I'm. Free and clear at this okay, point. Okay, so you've done I, your I, sentence completely. Though. I had a. No suspended sentence hanging Five years suspended time. Suspended, okay. So that's going to run out. It uh, should run out, I believe, this October. Oh, that'll be good. Yeah, so other than that, I'm free and clear. And um, so. So what did you decide to do about this Supreme Court thing?
0: Did so, it just die
2: there? So what happened? I was trying to chip away at it, and it got to the point where I was like, um, I might need to file for an extension, and then I thought I could do it, and then. You have to file for an extension 10 days prior to the actual filing date if you're going to. And an extension is not favored at all. Mm. And so I filed for a late extension. Mm-hmm. The extensions aren't even favored. And I filed the day I was supposed to file the the memora- uh What is it? The writ of mandamus? Uh, no. Uh, uh, I don't know.
0: I don't know Some legal term. <laughs> yeah, whatever yeah, legal it is. Stuff. I can't
2: remember at the time. Right now. But uh, so... I'm like, I'm not going to be able to get this done. So I wrote a little thing you have to write to the actual judge and ask for an extension. So I wrote to the judge, asked for an extension, told him why, told him about my head injuries and things like that, Mm -hmm. and he granted it. Wow. Okay. Okay. So he granted me the maximum extension, and even with that, I still couldn't get it it done. I tried to call the legal assistants, and I called different lawyers, and they- So does that mean that the judges then just didn't take the case, and- They just didn't, and I just, I said, it got to the point where I knew, I was just like, I just need to let it go. It's just too much stress for me, and it's just, it's over. You know, I I did win. I still see that as a win, even though, you know- Even though it was a lower court. it, It was a lower court win. Well, you kept your beard- I kept my That's beard. true. You do have the beard. So you so. won. Yeah, you won that. <laughs> I definitely won, and I definitely won my release and all that, but I didn't win any damages. Well, that's the thing
0: with, with these people is you uh, – and I think it was Mark Stevens from Adventures in Legal Land who points this out. Whenever the state comes at you, you never win. You can only reduce the amount of damage that they give to you, right? right. So that's that's the only thing you can do. And and the worst case is they kill you, right? So it's whatever it is besides them killing you or imprisoning you or, you know, et cetera, et cetera. If you can even, like, so-called win the case and walk away so-called free man, you lost all that time. Right. You lost all, you know, you lost probably some weight because you weren't eating right or whatever. Right. You're not sleeping well. You lost all these things. Man, that's very glass half empty, I would say. You lose every time you
1: encounter the state.
0: Every time. You will lose I don't, your, your I don't time disagree at the very there, least.
1: There are better ways of looking at it. I mean he did well, I he mean, did keep his beard. The state right. did
2: the state did grievous and harm to him. Let me point out that I had so many detractors on the side of the inmates, people saying, just shave, just shave and go home, you're an idiot. Sure. Just shave and go home, you're an idiot. Uh, you know, you could have been home by now, and it says the principle, the matter, yep. and it doesn't, you know, it, it, it's the principle. So, Well, I agree with you.
0: You you can stand on principle, and I've done this. You know, we've, we've all done it to some extent. Uh, standing on principle is an internal win. There's no doubt about it. Uh, but I'm sure you would have rather have not gone to the prison in the first place. I'm sure you well, would have rather have not gone sure. to right. court in the first place. <laughs> yeah, right. um, but that's what I'm saying. You're losing your time. You're losing Because you could have right. done other things with your time. Instead, you have to fight these a-holes who want to argue over whether or not they can shave hair off your face. I mean, that's how petty and that's how stupid uh, this is. And you can't avoid it unless you want to just be told what to do and obey every little command. Because right. once you obey one command, they've got ten more for you. Yep. So, uh it's just it's an insane system and and footloose.
2: I'm glad you're sitting here with us now. Just like the mask uh, thing. The mask thing. Oh, that's some insane stuff too. It's the same thing. Comply, comply. Yeah. It shows who's compliant, who's non-compliant. It there sure are also does. detractors with the
1: masks. That was immediately what I thought of when you mentioned the inmate saying, "Just shave your beard, just shave yep. your beard." Exactly. When you're just just on mask thing. Why do you got to be so much trouble? Right. You're going to kill someone. Because I just don't exist to comply with the state.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. Um, And that's actually where we started this whole conversation was uh, how we met uh, doing these protests against the insanity of this uh, covid crackdown. And I want to say, by the way, uh, I didn't mention this earlier, but I was really happy to see that there's a sign. There's a sign. I wasn't happy to see the sign. There's a sign that says (laughs) the pool's closed. I, by the way coming here for a decade I've never used this pool before but, no, but now I, I, I really want to go for like I should yeah. now that uh, now that it's closed uh, but actually the young people the children that were up there to and I, see, I can see there's still some people there right now so this so-called closed pool has been opened by the population here of the campground and the uh, the camp people the officials or whatever the the camp operators are not doing anything about it which that so like their their perspective is well the pool's closed. <laughs> Are you going to say we have to go in and pull people out of the, po- right. the pool? We're going to do that? It's closed. Go get Sergeant Marshall. Yeah. So I don't think we're going to see the police show up here. There's been some pretty epic videos of when uh, government goons have showed up at, uh, at the Porcupine Freedom Festival. Are pools closed by law? probably well long?
2: after this airs tomorrow. I s-
0: or is it
1: Roger's policy?
0: Uh, no, I, I think it's I, – there's a bunch of stupid campground rules that the, and his excellency came up with. Uh, and is trying to. I would down expect ca- the chlorine to kill corona, would it not? They just don't want anyone having fun. <laughs> right. uh, if you look at the campground uh, alleged rules that this man came up with, and he and his uh, cohorts, they they're like, oh, you can't rent out campsites one next to another. You have to have a campsite space in between campsites you cannot allow campers to go from one campsite to the next so i mean there's just all kinds if you want to follow all these insane rules they've got a whole laundry list that you can follow and uh this is not an event where you're going to see a lot of compliance in the in that no uh, all we do at this event is go from one campsite (laughs) to another (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's happening all over the place
2: uh so so welcome to your first fork fest thank you i appreciate Uh, it loose we're glad uh, to have time here um you you staying the whole week I am staying the whole week. All right, cool. Yeah. So come on up. You want to meet
0: uh, Footloose, meet uh, Aria, the whole crew. Uh, we're gonna have a good chunk of the uh, the Free Talk Live crew coming up here. I think Mark's coming up the weekend. Uh, Captain Kickass will be up here at some point. Uh, nobody's gonna be up here as well. But the most important part is to come here and connect with a community of like minded people. People like Footloose who say no. Uh, and you, you got to check out Derek J's Victimless Crime spree. By the way, it's a I will. it's a great movie. It'll be right up your alley. It's all about uh, Derek J, who will be here within the next uh, few days, I think. Nice. Uh, and he, we made a movie about him saying no, and awesome. what happened to him. As a result of that, they knocked him off his bicycle, uh, (laughs) stuck an asp in his bicycle spokes as he was riding his bike to try to get him off his bike. And uh, they arrested him five times in a one-year period for all nonviolent victimless crimes. We got it all on video, and you can watch it for free online anytime you want over at VictimlessCrimesFree.com. So please, uh, listeners, if you haven't seen that, do check it out. And we will be back tomorrow for more from ForkFest. We're in the very beginning of this event. Go to ForkFest.party to learn more about it. And uh, we will see you then. In the meantime, you can join us online at freetalklive.com. Anarcho Vegas 2020 is a conference about changing the world through personal actualization and creation through markets. Get inspired to better yourself and better the world. Speakers include Jim Bell, Larkin Rose, Avins O'Brien, G. Edward Griffin, Walter Block, Amanda Rockwitz, Ernie Hancock, and more. Get your tickets for just $20.20 at anarchovegas.com and use code FTL to save 10% off VIP tickets. July 19th, join Free Talk Live for anarchovegas.com.